0: Patreon.com slash Uh, $4 a month gets you in there.
1: Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's The Walk-Off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The Die Hard Podcast for the casual fan. Wire. And another one. Hello and welcome to Long Toss, everybody. This is episode 218. We're going to be dissecting what was probably the most frustrating game I've watched all year. And I mean, that's saying a lot because 2023 has been a pretty darn frustrating year. All sorts of stuff to get to. We're going to get into uh, this Jay's Guardian series, the Unsung Heroes of the Year. So we're all going to mention, guys on this team that probably have uh, contributed more than anyone is giving them credit for injuries. The depth in this bullpen has been impressive, but uh we're gonna test this this uh position player depth right away here as both Bichette and Chapman look like uh removed from the game, unsure of exactly what's going on with how long they'll be out, but uh it could be substantial. September one call-ups coming fast. We're going to talk 2024 where Ricky Tiedemann fits. If Ryu is a fit to come back. And then of course the Shohei Otani saga, if you will, continues as uh, uh, the ownership of the angels has come out and said some weird things about a guy you would be trying to entice to come back to your organization all of that on the docket. I'm Scott Belford, normally joined by Adam Mack, the best co-host in the biz. He unfortunately is down and out for today, but we are live on YouTube. We're going to be going to the live chat quite a bit here, as uh, I'm sure this could wind up being a bit of a cathartic episode as we uh, basically go through therapy for the next <laughs> couple hours on what just happened here. We'll go around the horn here and introduce all our guests. Comedian out of Edmonton, Sean LaComber. Welcome back to the show, buddy. How was your weekend?
2: It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Other than the Blue Jay watching, that was you know I'd rather be raking leaves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> when the thing you're taking time out of your life to do to insert some joy just creates uh, some sadness. It's not. It's not the best. That's for sure. Uh, that's, yeah, welcome I'm just back. Caring, you know? Yeah, no, just get out there do some gardening. Exactly. Uh, from the flight deck, Brant, welcome back, buddy. How was Thanks, your day man. out golfing? You it picked was, a good day to do it. It
3: was a great day. There was I, I missed that game. I didn't have to watch any of that, which was nice. Uh, the sun was shining, good weather. Couldn't complain.
0: Don't worry, Joel. Football. You
1: holding up here, buddy?
0: Well, I'm going in the live chat. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm my bad. <laughs> but I uh,
2: I like I'm, it.
0: I'm wearing this to to at least have that segue conversation. To Otani, don't think that I'm wearing this in any way supporting anything the Angels have ever done. This is strictly <laughs> for one
2: player and one player alone. <laughs> the
0: has got it. Does he,
2: not, does he not have his own brand? He must have his own hat, right? He's got a you know an S an O with an S in it or something. He's got to have something going on. Does
3: he have his own logo? He's got it, right? He should. There's yeah. no reason why he should. He's, he's his own brand at this point.
0: Is it some yeah. sort of, you know, ball pitching and, and hitting at this? How do you how do you
2: articulate both, even though it's cut down it's to a one silhouette of, of both? <laughs> exactly. It's a torn ligament in an elbow. In the <laughs> hey, too soon. <laughs> too soon.
1: And our iron person, always glad to have you on the show, Jen. Welcome back.
4: I took a nap during the game and uh, <laughs> that was a solid decision, I think.
1: I don't know if everyone could tell. I'm a little frazzled. Like, I honestly can't even get over how frustrated I am right now. You'd think that this would have hit already. Like, you would, I, even in my brain, I'm like, why am I so upset over this one game? It's not like this team has given me much to hang my hat on over the 130 games that we've already watched. But man, between the, the bunt call, like, I don't understand why you're asking a guy who can't bunt to bunt. The bunt execution, uh, the 3-0 swing from Espinal. bottom of the eighth, runners on two and three, one out, your your two and three hole hitters up. You can't score a run. Uh, Jen, I, I can tell you have things to say, please.
4: You know what that is? That's called desperation baseball. That's what that was. They were just, they were desperate to take the lead back and we're just essentially, you know, thrown everything and the kitchen sink into the mix. What can we possibly They hit? had
1: a catcher on second. Like that's not, like, I love Jano, but like you're bunting to move your catcher over with Biggio who can't bunt.
4: I... No, I absolutely. I, I, I mean, I I haven't seen any post game comments or anything like that. I really couldn't care less what the rationale was behind that to be completely honest, but when I when I see something like that, first of all, I don't like sack bunting. Regardless, I just yes. don't like giving up outs. Um, I, I to a
1: level where you've gone out of your way to put it into your Twitter bio.
4: <laughs> correct, exactly. Yeah. It's right there. It's been there for it's been there for quite some time. Um, but when I see something like that, to me, that just absolutely reeks of desperation, and I don't think it's the first time we've seen desperation calls or desperation decisions out there. Right. And, you know, you, you follow that, you, you follow things up with, you know, we can talk about Espinal swinging three, you know, right. Again, who, where's that green light coming from? You know, again, before, before
1: he swung Jen, I actually texted my buddy. I'm like "Espinal better be taking all three of the next pitches and like to swing three. Oh, I just couldn't even get over. And I'm like, who is, who's, Who's giving him, like you said, who's giving him that green
4: light? And the absolute kicker here is that, you know, prior to the game, people were saying that the Jays ought to be able to score off of Noah Syndergaard, which they did. Right. Cool. <laughs> um, Jays still lose the game and Syndergaard gets DFA'd.
1: Yeah. That's that's <laughs> like, just insult to injury. For those of you who missed it, the Cleveland Guardians have designated for assignment Noah Syndergaard, who just finished... Handing the Jays six innings on four hits. Uh, I just, I blame myself for why I'm so frustrated because I truly, halfway through the game, I had convinced myself they were going to do it. This was going to be the game. August 28th, we were going to turn to it and say that. That was the moment when they were down to Cleveland and yet they still had their, their young upstart rookie come in hit a home run to put them back on top, lose that lead and then still find a way and
2: well that's why know. it's frustrating for yeah. guys like you because it, turning points can go either way, right? So it's yeah. like you're like this is going to be a turning point. We'll look back on this and it's like it may very well have been a turning point and we will look back on it and go that's when the slide started, right? That's when that's when it became clear that we weren't on a level with the Mariners or the Astros or the Rangers or the Rays.
1: Yeah. Bottom line, that's that's just where it is. I know, yeah. uh, Joel, when you look at the, the lack of production from the guys that you have to count on, it seems like uh, a never-ending avalanche of it. You yeah. know, like, yeah, it was nice to see Springer start to step up, and Springer looked really good today. And, I mean, Vladdy gets that big home run right out of the gate, and then, honestly it's like it didn't ignite anything in him. Yeah. He just played, he played so nonchalant and on what felt like uncaring for the rest of the time, which I know isn't necessarily the case, but uh, what did you feel like you, you're a big Vlad guy. I know we wind up in this hole every single time, but yeah. man today was disappointing how he seemed to just not show up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I... I, my my opinions on vlad is that he is a temperamental emotional ball player right like he's he's full of emotions he can be he, if he's up he, he performs and when he, he he when he feels he's surrounded by the things he needs he, he it's like a family environment and he performs but when the chips are down and and he has to perform when everything is on him it pretty much every night his you know him being that player that he was 2 years ago is what's expected of him and every night it's it's kind of um pitching coach that we uh had on a long time ago uh, scott um what was his name anthony for, telford uh, anthony telford i think he talked about one of the worst things that can happen to a young star player is that booming that booming year right off in the first 2 or 3 years that cement the potential of a player within your head and you sit on it and you just like, but, but if only, if only, if only, and how long that lingers in your mindset, how long your decisions lay, you know, based off of something that may never return again. So I, I love him, but I really feel like when it comes to Bo and the, if Bo's out, you know, that's my guy. Bo's the guy who who's up at the crack of dawn wanting to play baseball as hard as he possibly can. You know, until he can't play baseball anymore and all he cares about is getting better. Well, you know, Vladdy is um, a very fun loving guy. And I don't ever, I've never, besides the year where he dropped away, I don't think that the mindset is even close.
1: So just to look at what Vladdy has done over the last few years, obviously 32 home runs in 2022, a, a huge step down from 2021, but still uh, a 30 home run hitters, nothing to sneeze at. But if we look at the, the the home run totals right now, Vladdy has 20 home runs. Connor in chat here brings up Lourdes just hit, his 20th home run of the season, LOL, which it is kind of funny because of course they move on from Lourdes and now he hits the most home runs he has in years. Right. I think he's only had a, a 20 home run season a couple of times and he should be pushing 25 and he'd be tied for the lead on this team when he was just last year. What? Ninth on this team in home runs. Like the long ball has just disappeared. Um Brent, Davis Schneider has secured a full-time spot in this lineup at this point, despite despite John Schneider's uh, refusal to make it official. He just, every time he's in the lineup, he's hitting.
3: I would think, right? It just solely based on the fact that he, he comes out there and gets it done every time. Coming into today, I was kind of on the fence of it because I wasn't sure if it was David Schneider succeeding because they're putting him in a position to succeed yeah. or... David Schneider has it and he's just gonna keep doing it regardless of when when he comes in. But after like back to back days, you're facing a righty on the mound today and he still got it done. I think I think he might just be the guy and I think you let him roll because he's hot. Regardless of whether or not you think he's the answer for the rest of time, he's hot right now, and that's all you need. You need somebody that can put runs what- on the board and he's the guy.
1: Yeah, like he's got five home runs in eleven games, mm-hmm. and this is what we talked about last Sunday. It's not even so much that I think Davis Schneider is the be-all, end-all, and the savior mm-hmm. of this team. By no means, no. he's a he's a well, twenty-five he year old. Be. He he no. shouldn't be absolutely, Jen. That's a great a great point. He should not be. But when you're struggling as mightily as this team is offensively, the the lack of willingness to ride the hot hand baffles me.
2: I I, I think it's the ultimate indictment of of the team offensively, right, is that Schneider comes up and he's raking. And you're just like, but he's taking advantage of mediocre pitching, right? When he faces elite pitching, he's the same as the other guys. He's out. But you give him a guy who isn't that great, he'll he'll hammer it. And mm -hmm. why aren't the other guys, right? You're just like, how are we all not killing these mediocre starters? Like, that's the whole point. Of playing these under 500 teams is they don't have the pitching depth. They can't last for nine innings without throwing somebody out there who isn't great. And we can't take advantage of it, except for like David Schneider. Maybe in whatever fairness, coaching though,
4: he's been receiving at the minor league level has been better than what they're receiving at the major league level.
0: Mm-hmm. David whatever Schneider whatever also... little
4: bug is in his ear, I don't know. I'm literally just speculating, right? Like I'm literally just sh- throwing shit at the wall at this point.
3: After that first series honest. where where he lit the world on fire. and Was it nine hits and 11 at-bats or whatever it was? He only had one hit for his next six games, too, though. Mm -hmm. Like, as much as, like, ride the hot hand, he wasn't hot for a long stretch there, and they gave him a little bit of time off, and he came back, and now he's the hot hand again. But for a long period of time, it was like, well, can he do it at the major league level? Like, have they found him out already? And now it seems to be...
2: Yeah. Well,
4: that's just yeah. it, right? And like, faced he some better
2: pitching. Yeah, he faced better pitching, and he got out.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you they you wouldn't expect a call up though to play better than no. or to have a better no. approach than a lineup of legitimate major league players, right? Mm-hmm. And if 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 Davis Schneider is able to make any adjustments to the high fastball. I don't. No, I don't think he's going to hit the way we've been seeing. Right? I don't think he can possibly keep up that pace from now until the end of the season. Um, but for him to step in and and pretty much kind of, almost make everyone else look bad, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, is just is also just it's baffling.
1: So feel free to to take the lead, any of you on this. But I will mention. Uh, Matt Chapman removed from today's game with right middle finger inflammation. He's already missed games due to this. I guess it was a weight room injury a couple of weeks ago. Bo Bichette removed from today's game with right quad tightness. Now, we did just watch uh, the big trade acquisition at the deadline. Paul DeYoung get DFA'd by this team. Any thoughts on if maybe this front office jumped the gun a little bit? On DFAing Paul DeYoung. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yes. <laughs> they absolutely did. I,
4: yeah. I mean, realistically speaking, you know, if they were gonna sit somebody, they could have they, I mean, they've been sitting Davis Schneider, right? They mm. could have sent him back to AAA. He could have been getting all those regular at bats while Paul De Young rode the bench, right? And then you're calling, you're calling, uh you're calling Schneider up in September anyways, or mm-hmm. with injury. Right. So, you know, it, it very, very baffling roster management. I, I mean, I get it. Paul Young was not performing for this team, but also no, you don't tend no to see there. this front office just kind of cut bait on, uh, on a so-called asset. So interesting yeah. Pure decision. business
3: decision. It didn't make any sense. Pardon? Like pure business decision. It didn't make any sense. No, it didn't. Because you're just taking a guy that you just acquired and you're just throwing him away, throwing and when you away. have other options that aren't going to get anyone off your roster, a I big
1: leaguer plays a big leaguer yeah. who plays a good shortstop in third mm-hmm. base, and it's so funny that we have shortstop and third as as possible. Now injuries. it's a problem, and now it's mm-hmm. a problem. Taco time here says Chapman had strikeout inflammation, which <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Honestly, watching Chapman today, and I try to keep a level head because I know where our expectations of Matt Chapman should be. They should run into some, take some walks and strike out in inopportune times, but be a stalwart defensively where they need him. But he hasn't looked as good defensively. And my God, some of the swings this afternoon, like he was literally missing on 93 mile an hour fastballs down the pike, like just as as straight down the middle as you could possibly get. And he's not catching up to it. Out of curiosity, Sean, when it comes to Matt Chapman, if he misses a week, is that almost a good thing at this point? <laughs>
2: I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I maybe he comes back hotter, right? It would sometimes happen with Jansen, where you know he would he would have a week to kind of think about it. You know, there's some guys. I mean, it's like any sport. Some guys can play a little dinged up, and some guys cannot. Mm-hmm. Right? You can have some guys that can play at ninety percent, ninety five percent, and some guys who have to be one hundred to get anything done. And I think Chapman, it feels like he's that kind of guy, where like he's you see defensive miscues and offensive. You just can't hit the ball. And, you know, so they have to once in a while say, okay, have a seat, get to hundred percent because you can't, you know, you just can't do anything unless you're all the way there, you know, but I wouldn't mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad idea for him to sit down for a week and, you know, I don't know who, who takes over most at third. Would it, I guess Espinall would play it?
1: Espinall Schneider plays third Schneider.
2: Game. Yeah. So yeah. Schneider, a bunch. Espinall is going to get most of the bats at short. Is that, or, or is he going to play defensively short Is
1: I mean that's that's where it's lined up right now, which is it's really uh, this is just making the Dejong thing so or the De Young yeah. thing so much more frustrating. Uh Coach Keith brings up a good point. He says, however, De Young could have asked for a release which is true but if you view value in him as the front office you are not obligated to oblige at all right you've got Mm -hmm. him and his contract so you could absolutely just sit him on the bench and him be unhappy I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. ideal either you would hope that the newly acquired guy at the trade deadline after 13 games of not hitting a darn thing is a little bit more patient with his new team but I mean, what can you say? Because the organization obviously wasn't patient with him. I just wonder when it comes to the 40-man roster this team's currently sitting with. And you've got Addison Barger. He's your number four prospect in this Blue Jays organization. He plays third. He plays shortstop. He plays left field. You've got a Rolvis Martinez. He plays shortstop. He plays third. Aralvis, your third over, or your second overall prospect, but he's only 20, but he is looking really good. He's already hit six dingers in AAA with Buffalo. So, my question is if Matt Chapman has to go on the 10 day IL, Joel, do you think there's any way that they actually go to Addison or to Aralvis? Or do you think that this is going to be more of a move Espinall in, Schneider to third, maybe call up a Nathan Lucas, a guy that they already are comfortable with? in that clubhouse and just go with what they know.
0: I, yeah, that makes more sense of as what They'll do. I, do I agree with it? I don't know. This is a pretty desperate time to play on the, the young thing with it being the only bat that you acquire, the only fielder, the only guy that you acquired at the deadline that actually swings the bat. And then, you know, that you, you didn't have the player knowledge or the, or the patience to wait out. Like it's, don't get me wrong. Everybody was tweeting out his slash line for a yeah. week. It was one of the Which most was atrocious horrible. things. It was the most yeah. atrocious things you've ever seen. <laughs> but, but at the same time, it's, it's a guy coming into a new league. It, there's a, there's a lot of factors that you have to think about. Into and, a new country, and, yeah. Into a new country. There's yeah. a lot of things being. Like, he's a career cardinal, right? Like you know, it's it's that's a big move. It's a big statement. You're you're going red to blue and. It, a lot of things are applying there to a, to a guy and you would think that you made that deal with the understanding that he could come and be incredibly weak with the bat, but we acquired this guy for a bigger reason than that and and to, to cut ties with him so quickly, it just, it screams to me that like when you ask me like, what do you think the plan is here? I don't, let's talk about Manoa. I don't know. Where's the plan? where's the plan where's the long-term plan and lineup construction and team building and and what you're going to be as an organization plan seems to be a word that you know it's like raiders of the lost ark it's like what's the plan indian he's like i don't know just making this up as i go it feels like that i
2: don't know i don't know if you can just lump the Manoa thing in with with that i mean i'm not saying the front office is, is is has a great plan but Manoa, I, I got the sense just was like me, you know, like because the front office doesn't like to reveal anything. So it could have been a case where Manoa didn't want to go down.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Or when Manoa was pissed off and wanted to, some time to decompress, and then the organization makes it look like it was part of a strategy or part of a plan. But maybe he was just pissed off.
3: There definitely but, seems yeah. like there's a
2: lot more going on
3: there That's, than we are
2: seeing.
4: I think Sean's yeah. nailed it. That's exactly yeah. what I think. I the first article written, we don't we can we need to come back on topic, but the, the first article written about it did make it sound like he did not report. Mm-hmm. Right. That was, I think, the actual language. He did not report. Mm-hmm. And then mutually they came up with yeah. whatever. We can come back to that. But um, back to the Paul DeYoung thing. I mean, they gave up assets for him. Right. They they actually it's not like they picked him up. I mean, what, it wasn't whether much, they're,
3: but yeah, they sure,
4: yeah. sure. But they still gave up assets for yeah. him. It's not like he was a waiver claim. Mm-hmm. that you know you can kind of toss back on the pile and not concern yourself sure. with right what, um, would we, what, we,
1: what would we what <laughs> would we
2: what would we be talking about right now if he was still on the team would we be saying thank god he's still here to play defense Or we'd be would we be still talking about how terrible he was hitting
1: i mean we would be still talking about oh my it's god it's a doom and gloom fan, fan the young base hit. yeah huh.
0: <laughs> it's it, it would be nice to know that there'd be a at least one major leaguer between second and third, you know, yeah. when it could be three minor leaguers very well. You know, like I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen, but, you know, you, it, it could be drastic. And so just the knowledge of knowing that shortstop is the ball is going to be gobbled up and thrown over is a little bit of a consistency, at least at this moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's it's so- hindsight. It's playing with hindsight It told you.
1: Of course it's hindsight. And just to clear a few things up in the chat here, I know Connor asks, uh, does Davis not play shortstop? So yes, Davis Schneider can play shortstop. He had, has not had any reps at the position in 2023. He hasn't played it since double a back in 2022, which doesn't mean that he can't take a rep a game or two at shortstop, but it definitely isn't ideal.
2: No, well, you don't want him I, playing. I, I, uh, you, don't. Don't. you don't want him no. playing shortstop. He no. needs to hit. You don't. Like his job is to hit baseballs. You can't have him playing. You can't have him thinking about playing a premium defensive position yeah. in hitting. That's not a position you want to experiment with at this point of the year.
1: hundred percent. So, um, going to the chat here, Chucharu says, "Oh boy, oh boy, are the Jays gonna clean house in a massive way this off season if they miss no small tweaks now." We did watch this front office pretty much do that last year, right? They isolated the, the areas they thought were problems and they attacked it full force. Now, has the pendulum swung too far the other way? I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I mean, we're sitting here approaching September with one of the worst offenses this team has seen since, what, 2018 when they were Winning 65 games like it is it it is pretty darn ugly. Uh, Jen, can you see a major overhaul happening again this offseason or do you think it'll be a more tempered approach?
4: I I really don't know. I guess it depends on. Who they want to retain or are able to retain in terms of guys like Chapman or Kiermaier. Or whomever, I I think Chapman's gone. Regardless, so I don't think that one particularly matters. But, um, okay, to to give the front office some credit, they did try to address what were the clear needs of this team. Okay, they and, and we all thought, I think, as a fan base, that they had a good off season. Right, that they really did. Overall, that they had a good offseason. Joel doesn't agree, but overall they had a good offseason. They try to address certain needs. We could pick apart different things in hindsight, but by and large, I think a lot of the fan base was relatively excited about some of the moves that they made. Um, just it real hasn't quick, worked. Jean, I
3: still I still think like they had a good offseason. If you look at their offseason moves right now, none of them are the problem,
4: right? Like Brandon Absolutely. Belt's been
3: great, Kiermeyer's been great. Uh, swanson has been one of our better relievers for the better part of the year. It's the guys that were there last year that have been the problem.
4: So that's what I was going to say is that mm-hmm. you've got this team built around certain players who you, you've, you've been rolling with year over year and making tweaks around them. Mm-hmm. And if it's still not working, then maybe you do need to change who you've built this team around. Uh That's just, you know, that's what I'm looking at this from because clearly, going in the the offensive direction versus the defensive first direction, neither one has really worked out for this team, right? I mean, at last, at least last year they made the wild card. I don't think they're going to this season. Um, you know, and I keep coming back, and I I don't know whether or not Atkin's job is actually at risk here. Um, I would like to think that it is, but I keep coming back to what he said when he fired Charlie Montoya. And the very first thing out of Ross Atkins' mouth was that he ultimately bears the responsibility for the team, right? And I think he repeated it multiple times in that press, inter- press conference. And so I look at it and say, okay, last year you fired the manager, you went out, did X, Y, and Z. It's still not working. And in fact, if you miss the playoffs, it's a complete and utter failure by all accounts. At what point do we look at the chief decision maker?
2: I still I think he keeps his job based on the rationale sure. you just explained, because it's the guys who were here before who didn't perform at that level. And so if your ownership or your Shapiro, you're looking at that and going, Well, did we expect him to get rid of, of Bo and Flaty? Did we expect him to make those? No, we wanted that's the core. So he built around the core that exists in a way that is probably like a plus. He made the team technically better around those people, and so why would he be fired when those people didn't perform? Because we were never going to get rid of the core of this team. Maybe that's now. Fair. So the that's... next step, the next step to me would be Shapiro and Atkins remain, and we question the core.
4: Sure, mm-hmm. that's fair. I do think that they had the opportunity possibly to chain, trade Kirk, trade Espinal, trade a few people that. You know, sell they missed miss the window to sell high. And I do think that that is a failure as well on the front office. And, and again, to be fair to the front office, who would have anticipated Vlad Springer? Yeah. Like, you know, these down seasons, like Kirk. who really like who even would have predicted Kirk, Manoa like, having an utter meltdown, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could not have foreseen these things necessarily all at the same time. There's how good, plenty of of blame how to go good would around, this rotation
2: how good would this rotation be if Manoa didn't take a step back? I mean, my god, like,
1: like wow, man, it would be the best crazy. in baseball. Yeah.
3: I think it already yeah. is the best in
2: baseball. It,
1: it might already Can't be get the much best better. in baseball. So, opinion on this. Andrew McLeod in chat says, "Apologizing for the front office enables the behavior to continue." Um, now my argument with this is that I'm I I don't feel like I'm apologizing for the front office and I I know that Andrew feels like I am an apologist. This is, it's funny because Andrew and I have had, had uh, talks in the comment section before where we're on the same page on a lot, lot of things, but where exactly this front office is, is one that we differ on very, very much. So, and, I'm not even a huge fan of this front office, but I do have a really hard time looking at what they did last year, all of the signings working out and the big regressions coming to the players that, let's face it, it wasn't Atkins building around. It was the whole organization, right? this is this is Shapiro, this is the extenuating staff. Uh, so if Atkins manages to hold on to his job, they clear house coaching staff that somebody's head heads are rolling, right? Like Jen, you, this, we, they don't just roll it back if, if the playoffs are missed, which we will get into shortly. Cause I know it's so easy to, at this point, end of August, two and a half out to just write this season off. We're far from that in my opinion, even though we are on the outside looking in and it's not, I don't feel rosy about where we're at, you know, But we will get into that. Anyways, Jen, if you want to tackle what heads could roll if we see Atkins keep the job?
4: You know, that's, I mean, that's a great question. Like, I would—I feel like if they were going to hire or, sorry, fire somebody from the coaching staff, they might have already done so. Right? Like, if you're going to fire a manager mid-season like you did last year, why wouldn't you fire a hitting coach mid-season this year if you really thought that that was the, the, what the actual problem was? So, you know, maybe they change... Some of the lower level coaching staff, I, I don't know that the the guys that have been there that they clearly like and have relied mm-hmm. upon are necessarily going anywhere. Right. You know, um, I think Pete Walker's job is absolutely safe. Um, you know, if I don't know the what, staff show
3: no reason not to be in fairness. Pardon me? The staff has shown no reason for his job not to be safe.
4: Absolutely, shape. right? Like he yeah. he, mm-hmm. and, and the rest of the pitching coaches are absolutely safe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess it really depends on how much you buy into hitting coaches, affecting players at the major league level, right? Yeah. What is their real role and how much do they genuinely have an impact on a player's performance. And I can't answer that question because I am not a player. I've never, I have absolutely no, I, no idea. Right. I think I said last week, that whatever former player it was. I heard on the, on the fan 590 said that, you know, the, the hitting coaches as far as mechanically that they, they really have very little to do with the players. That's more mm-hmm. psychological than anything else. I, I don't know. To me, a guy like George Springer should know what to do. Mm -hmm. right and if the coaching staff is giving you an approach and it's not working you also have the ability to change your approach or to say this clearly isn't working for me what do we need to do like he's not swinging
2: for you yeah and there's there's exactly there's an approach i mean that's why you don't see the jays make many moves because the approach comes from shapiro atkins like it's not like you know, Guillermo Martinez isn't like coming up with his own things necessarily, <laughs> right? It's like, he's being told what the approach is organizationally, and then he's implementing that approach. Yeah. So you've, you know, like you, he's a face. Is all yeah. he is. So, and you wouldn't want to bring in a new hitting coach or a new coach, because maybe you're having little battles with that guy over what the approach should be. This is your guy. He's doing what you're telling him to do. You're not going to get rid of him because a new guy might balk at your approach.
3: He's going to listen to you now because you know he'll do it, and he's done it for three four years or however long yeah. he's been with them.
1: Despite the shortfalls of offense that this front office has built this season, which has been just about as big of a failure as it could possibly have been, does this front office deserve any credit for having the best pitching staff in baseball right now, Joel? Uh,
2: sure. I
0: (laughs) always give Joel the
2: tough ones. Joel gets the tough ones. (laughs) Like they they
0: definitely have the, the top pitching staff,
2: but like to go from
0: being the second, third youngest team with the second or third best offense two years ago to being a team with the best pitching staff with an offense that is nowhere in any way comparable to what it was two years ago seems like an absolute
1: And way older.
0: Yeah, and way old, drastically older. Like I'm I don't give them any credit. Um Window, the, it feels like the window was closed under this last two years. It felt like it was long, then it's short, age got older. The good players that were brought in are, are guys like, I think the value that we put on a guy like Kiermaier on Varshow on Belt. Belt is our best hitter according to OPS. This is a guy with 55 RBIs and he can't run and he's our best hitter. And he's at the end of his career. And like, he swings like Pierre he's trying Meyer. to kill an
2: animal. Like he swings like he's trying to murder a <laughs> beaver for his family or something. Yeah, know. like he's 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 our his best bat path is animal death. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's, he's our best bat and we need him, but he's he's a guy who can't take four athletic strides without his hamstrings potentially exploding. And when I look at you, like Kiermaier and it, Kiermaier Varsho, the defensive run saves are, incre- are incredible, but it's nowhere comparable to a guy who puts up 85 runs, knocks in 85, um, uh, you know, scores 85, knocks in 85. There's no way comparable to a guy who knocks in 40, scores 35, but has 20 DRS. I don't. It's 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 50 runs in difference, and it's such a shift on the offense and the idea of it's it's value of players and mismanaging the idea like Swanson comes in good player, but you're giving up a four hole hitter for a, a fifth guy out of your pen. Like that's not in any way comparable value to me. So it's totally on them. It's, it's guys like Springer who are injury prone from 20 to 30. So you bet on them 30 to 40. That's not smart. It's, it's just going age and veterans. And and I get that, but that it closed down a window of a team that I didn't think needed in any way to shift their direction they 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 didn't get there in 21 or 22 but in 22 you downshifted the offense once okay and they didn't live up to expectations i think the team in 22 even though they won more games was not as good as the team from 21 okay and now we downshift the offense again and now we're talking about not being in the playoffs so to me that is completely mismanaging value of players and Looking at OPS like it's a singular value, there's a Mm -hmm. difference between a guy who knocks in runs and has a 750 OPS compared to a guy, like you can have 830 OPS, but you're not a run producer. Chapman is sitting at 830, 840 all year and has 50 RBIs in the four-fives hole all season long, right? This is looking and under, oh, war, his war is this and that. No, you're completely losing track of how the game has been played for 140 years and how runs have been put on the board. You think that OPS stacking that up is going to make a lineup. That's not the case. Oh, we need more lefties. Do those lefties know how to hit a fastball? You know, like, no, they, do they. Joel, what they I love. Sacrificed,
1: right? It's, it's funny because I know that this is one thing that you were really loud about last year is how badly they needed a left-handed bat. But you also were very, very on the ball about, we can't just have any left-handed bat. Cause I remember you ranting being like, we can't yes. just get a bunch of left-handed bats. And that's kind of what has happened. I'm going to chat now here because they're cracking me up just about what's uh, coming out of your mouth right now, Joel. So Simon Dennis says, uh, I hate so much that Joel was right about the offense when he predicted this at the start of the season. We all do Simon. We, we all hate when Joel's right. Um, and then going to Heather M, she says, I'm with Joel. I'm not giving this front office that credit. So you're not alone there. Brent.
2: Hey.
1: Pitching. Mm-hmm. We're two and a half games out. Yes, we we see zero. We see zero out of the offense. And when we do, it's the one time we watch Tim Mesa give up a run since the middle of July um do you think this pitching staff and defense if things continue the way they go which Mm -hmm. you know I know that they just lost two of three to Cleveland they really Mm -hmm. needed two of three they probably needed a sweep but I mean there's still a lot of baseball left I know everyone that just heard me say that cringed a little and really is upset I know I hated saying it myself but there is still 30 games 31 You know, there's there is a lot can happen in 31 games. The
3: Rangers are also doing their absolute best to help us out. So, can
1: you see a scenario where the Blue Jays do squeak into the playoffs? Absolutely. I I think what would need to happen:
3: the the Rangers continue to do what they're doing. They just lost their (laughs) ninth in a row, I believe it is, series loss to the Twins. Uh, And then the Astros, as much as they're the Astros, and they're going to find a way to do it. They haven't been great either. I mean, we're all three teams have been scuffling right now. All one of them has to do is find a way to get some wins on the board, and we are running into the softest part of our schedule. Yeah, we lost a series to Cleveland, but we already just split this last series with Cleveland. Like we knew we weren't coming in to dominate the series coming into it. Now you're coming into a series where you've got what, five stinkers other than maybe Washington. Washington looks like they might be a legitimate baseball team right now. So that's a little one you're a little more concerned about. But the rest of them of you should Of course they away are as they come into tools. Toronto, yeah. right, buddy? <laughs> yeah. It's just the right time for them to get hot. This pitching staff is going to give you a chance to win every night. It's mind-blowing to me that you can put up seven runs today and not win a game. Like They put up more runs in this game than they did in the four-game set against Cleveland last time, the entire four-game set, and they still didn't come out of it with a win.
1: Nobody deserved to be picked up more than Yusei Kikuchi and Tim Meza, Mm -hmm. and man, it sucks that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm.
3: You have arguably your best starter in the second half on the mound. Mm -hmm. Like I think he's probably been their best guy and then your best reliever and those are the two guys that didn't get it done for you. It's crazy. That's not going to happen game in and game out. But the sign that they're scoring seven runs it's a little, little, you feel a little better about it. If you can get some of that production for the rest of the year especially against teams like Washington and Kansas City and Oakland and who else in that mix or some other stinkers if you can get that contribution for the rest of the year, you can find a way to keep up with the Rangers who just refuse to win.
2: It's funny that the Jays have become that litmus test now, where it's like, okay, well, if you can't get the Jays out, we'll DFA him. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a couple the problem- of rough ones. Let's see what he does oh, against the Jays because if they, if the Jays hit him, he's gone.
4: <laughs> the problem with the whole conversation, though, is it all sounds like bargaining, right? If the Jays go twelve and three over their next yeah. fifteen, and if the Rangers do this and da 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 and if mercury is in retrograde (laughs) and you know right like everything has to align align and they should not be in this position right that's the killer is that they they really probably shouldn't be the team that is on the outside looking in where they have absolutely no control over their own destiny because they also have to rely on other teams failing Mm -hmm.
1: And they do. They, that's the position they put themselves in. And this is a very poignant um, comment here from Scott Carter. He says, so a long toss at the start of 2022 season, someone said, I think it was Craig Ballard, said that less than two championships during this Vlad Bo years was unacceptable and a failure. <laughs> I only point, he's like, I only point this out to emphasize how much the expectations have fallen. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, Bautista on the level of excellence looks like a, a better idea every day, right? Where it's like, yeah. it, isn't, it isn't just you put a good guy and you have a window and you're in the thing. Like, you know, the high watermark for the Bo Vladdy era, we might in five years see a statue in front of the Rogers Center that is a misplay in the outfield. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'll be like, that's the high watermark of the Bo Vladdy era. And that, that's our bat flip. That's as close as we got to the Bautista bat flip is just a little a little uh, injury in the outfield. That'd be <laughs> sad. Oh,
1: I think man. the Jays kind of like, hold
3: their own the, their own destiny in their hands a little bit here, though. Like They do have a series with Texas coming up, and I think that one comes down to, like, we have nothing before that, and then you face off against, I think the team you're chasing now is Texas. I don't, I don't think you're going after Seattle. They're just, they're on a different planet right now, and they're not going to get caught. That, but I think that, you Texas give yourself a chance to catch there. Texas.
4: That's that's the series where I think we can then one way or the other call it a season.
3: That's yeah, that's the moment where you'll know whether or not we're still in this thing. Maybe yeah. before that, like if you go on a seven-game losing streak here, then sure. yeah, it's probably done beforehand. But at that point, you'll know whether or
2: not they they can still do this thing.
3: And that's still what three weeks away, two weeks away.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. If you're a game back of if you're a game or two back of Texas going into that series, you have a fighting chance.
1: Mm-hmm. Michael Vanderbook says, uh, how can they beat Texas if they can't beat Cleveland? LOL. Because Texas baseball is, is a funny sport.
2: Right
1: <laughs> yeah, baseball is a funny sport. And that, that is why here's the thing, too. And I know that this is going to come across really selfish and self-centered. But the amount of people that are like, this team doesn't deserve to make the playoffs rubs me the wrong way so much. Because I'm like, I don't even give a shit about the team. I deserve for them to make the playoffs. Do you know what I've put myself through over the last 130 games? You know, like they should make the plan. Forget about what the team deserves. What about us, the fans of what we deserve? I want I know, to see playoff had, you've baseball.
2: Had, you've, had, you've had jet lag for this team. Not many people can say that. Like I've yeah. experienced <laughs> real genuine jet lag supporting this team.
4: Well, and that stadium is sold out. People are there. People are showing yeah. up, right?
3: the team's still 11 games above 500. Like sure. it's not like there's some shitter team that's coming into it under 500 and shouldn't even be like, they're not the twins. Like we're not looking at that. They're not the entire wild card race in the NL right now. Like they would mm-hmm. be, I think the second spot in the NL wild card, maybe the first they were
1: closing in on yeah. that. But like but that they're is
4: only because of the strength of of their pitching, right? Like I'm sure. sick of,
1: I'm sick of those excuses. Like I'm sick of constantly framing this season as, hmm. you know, Oh, what I know we're all down, but mm. if we look at it, just reel the microscope out a little mm. bit, and yes, we're still winning the games, and we're still yes. in it, but the expectations going into this season, you they know, they be were... Better. Yeah, they yeah. should be
3: better. But to say they don't deserve it, it's like, well, we're more deserving than a lot of teams that are in the mix yeah. right now. They're a lot more deserving than the Twins, for damn sure.
2: And deserve it is after 162, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, we don't deserve it, like... Okay, well, we'll let you know after 162. The best, the best pitching staff in baseball probably
3: deserves a chance at the World Series. I would think. Yeah, the offense sucks, but they have probably the best starting rotation in one of the best bullpens going around right now. I would think they deserve a shot.
1: And you know what? There are things happening at the top of this AL that could really affect things in the playoffs, man. Mm-hmm. Felix Batista going down with UCL problems. You know, like, you don't you don't have a UCL problem, and it just <laughs> go away, right? Like, he is without a doubt the top, or a top, okay, we don't need to be that firm on it, but he's a top three closer in all of baseball, and one of the best high leverage relievers in the game right now. I know I saw a stat recently that... Baltimore has thrown more pitches over hundred miles an hour than any team in baseball and Felix Batista, 70% of them belong to him. So, you know, like that's a pretty big loss. And I, I hate to keep being like, if they can squeak in, who knows, but teams are dealing with injuries as well. And that is kind of where I'm going with this is that the Jays are dealing with injuries. We just watched Eric Swanson, arguably a top three high-end, high-leverage reliever in this pen go down the other day. And then they call up Jay Jackson with his 1.6 ERA. And honestly, he even looked all right today. It, it really sucks to need to send him out in the 11th inning when this game should have been over. Like I, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, he got hit hard. But Jay Jackson's not who I blame on this. I'm curious, Brant, when you look at the depth that this team has created in the bullpen and the fact that they do have Chad green coming up and Nate Pearson is an option. If there's a problem, Uh, despite all the downfalls, the depth of the bullpen is, is the one place where this front office actually did augment the team properly. Correct.
3: Yeah. And I think the first part of your question there, where you said Eric Swanson, arguably a top three high leverage guy, like that's such a long process to be like, he might be one of the best guys in our bullpen but you don't know because there's so many names in this bullpen right now that's like, it's going to hurt that Swanson's out. Don't get me wrong, but you have six other guys that can do it and do it in high leverage situations. Jimmy Garcia was doing it, has been doing it a little bit now, and it's like you just slide him into that role. You still have Jordan. You still have other Jordan, and you have Tim who can do it. Like You have the whole list of guys where it's like before last year, if you would have lost Jordan Romano last year, your bullpen's toast. But you lose a guy like Eric Swanson this year. You lose Jordan Romano for a stretch this year. You have so many names that can be a high leverage guy behind them. It really doesn't make a huge difference.
2: But and you're not even burning that. See. You're not even burning that bullpen that often because the starters are so good. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they
2: don't but let Chris, them go long enough. But yeah,
1: Chris and no. Chat says Chris and Chat says twelve and twelve in August is where the Jays is at. Un- unacceptable considering the AL best. It... Era in that stretch, Mariners, who are second in ERA in that span, are 20 and four. So the Jays are, I I get what he's saying. So the Jays are first, Hmm. the Mariners are second, but they're 20 and four. Joel, do you think there's any way this team goes on a run? Like we just keep, I, and it's funny because Michael says he's tired of the talking heads saying, and Schneider saying we just need to put it all together. Is there? that's not happening, right? Like if this team makes the playoffs, it's going to be the way that they've played all year long. Right.
0: Well, yeah. Like, can they go on a run? Um, They have the pitching staff to win every night. So that's what you could create a run off of. Right. So can it happen? Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing you said all year. We just need to see something consistent offensively to make these, these, these leads hold up. And yeah, Can it happen? Yeah. But I just 2023 doesn't seem to be the year where enthusiasm is, is filled in those bats. So I just, yeah, I don't know. the And it's, it's just such a heartbreak because the pitching staff, it feels like there should have been five or six stretches over the course of the season already based off the pitching that we've gotten where we go seven, maybe eight. No, and, and we would have a nice huge gap and be comfortably into the playoffs, but you know, um, everybody every, it's there's there's two teams right now there's, there's Pete Walker and the pitchers and there's everybody else besides Bo you know Bo should pretty much go with the pitchers right now and just and then the other team everybody else can just I don't know maybe everybody else needs to go in the bullpen for a day right just put all the entire lineup there and just just maybe that'll right. translate over whatever their mental state is is just dominant here and then so lackluster and it's it's the same clubhouse, and it's just shocking.
1: Joel, I'm going to ask you a question here that's going to really put you on the spot. So my apologies. Uh, okay. Feel free to to look it up, and we can kind of carry on from here. I'm just sure. curious if you know off the top of your head, just because you're so big on these guys. RC Cyber Warrior says Taylor and Guriel were our best uh, RISP, so runners in scoring position hitters last year. Is does do the stats match up with that? Do you know? I, I don't have them in front of me,
0: but. Uh, it, it, it if you look at the way that those guys hit their hitting style is is not to go up with runners in scoring position and walk mm-hmm. their approach is to get something that they can handle and handle it so th- that's why t- you look at lordis Creels was a 280 career hitter that comes from being a hit first mentality guy you don't drive runs in by getting walks so if you're tentative when you go up there and you're a guy who's Building your own on base by separating it drastically from your batting average, then that's the guys who are 330 OBP but 290 batting average. There's not too many of those guys, but like the guys who are within the, mostly their batting average creates their on base percentage. Those are the guys who just they're thinking about hitting all the time and they want to drive in runs, and that's two guys, corner outfielders who you know. The history of baseball, you put guys in the corner outfield who can absolutely smash the shit out of the ball. And um, we forgot about that. We actually moved one of our guys over. The- like I said, we had a 460 slugging percentage from four outfielders in 2021. Four outfielders averaged 460. Now I bet you our outfielders are starting three, whoever that might be, is probably night It's just so much slug has gone out the door.
1: And it's, it's really devastating to see because the last two years that I think everyone in the chat here can attest to this frustration and everyone in the panel, we've all uh, yammered about this last year, but the bullpen is the best it has been in so long. And I know Ian touches on it here in the chat because he's like, it's a shame to waste this bullpen. We all know the volatility of relief pitchers next season. This same pen could be dog shit and it could be. <laughs> like it's we're watching career years out of some of these guys Tim Mays at the top of that list like there's just no way Tim Mays doesn't regress next year um feel free to jump in here anyone but should have sorry I'm, I'm trying to word this question properly I just it's so frustrating to see how good this pitching is. And it does feel like it's going to be wasted now. I'm still really pissed that the trade deadline, they didn't just way overpay and go get a bat and just deal with the lump because it really feels like that was all this team was lacking is just someone to kind of like Michael said, like the talking heads are saying, bring it all together because that's all that seemed to be lacking. So when you've got pitching that is so darn good and you know how hard it is and how tough it is to repeat it just seems like seems like a huge failure to not have gone out and even though I mean it was a failure from the beginning of the season in my opinion but to not rectify that problem at the trade deadline when you like, know I guess I would well. I guess I
2: would I would take that and ask you a question like cuz I genuinely don't know who because I just, you know, sometimes I'll follow a bit of Yankee stuff. And they said the same thing where it's like we needed a bat. And then the front office came out and said, the answers are in this room, blah, blah, blah. Which is sort of the same that Blue Jays fans heard was like, you know, the the people that are going to get us out of this are in this room. Like who, what team out there acquired a bat at the deadline who has made a difference?
3: Josh there was
1: nobody. Fit. I mean, yes.
3: But Josh, sure. no, Josh Bell is not going to fit in our lineup anywhere no. like he's not the H. he's not going to play first so where are you going to play him
1: Tommy Pham's been okay I yeah. mean the Diamondbacks gave up quite a bit to get him I mean mm-hmm. th- that is that is the problem is that there wasn't anyone available without way overpaying and all mm-hmm. I'm saying is could have gone
2: all out. maybe they
1: should have way overpaid I, d- I don't know like
2: Yeah, now when we, I mean, that's the problem for Jays fans too, is like now when we talk about what does an overpay look like, it starts with Ricky Tiedemann, right? So it's like, okay, we don't want to give that up. But it's like, well, that's a part of an overpay. He's the overpay guy. So that's what makes it so difficult. I mean, I'm sure Atkins, like he's not a robot. Like I'm sure he has tons of sleepless nights where he's like, you know, what should I do? I can pull the trigger on this and it would help us this year. But then we lose another pitcher or what, you know, like, I don't know. It is a tough call. But yeah, you're right. You can't, you know, you can't make no moves other than other than Paul DeYoung and then and think that, you know, that's okay. It's,
4: that only once... happened. Sorry. That only happened because Bo was injured, right? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it really did. It just like this this team gave no no reason for the front office to believe that they could pull it together internally. Like I just don't feel like there is any proof over the beginning of the season up until August 1st, when the deadline was that this team had it within themselves, but they were still right there in reach. I mean, uh, Jason Austin brings up here, Rosario to- torches lefties. So yeah, like there were guys that there were guys that were available and I'm not even seeing anyone out there in my opinion, that that would make that huge difference, but it's just so frustrating. And maybe I'm just yammering on here because Can you I know. Imagine how good if this we
2: got Can you imagine if we just drastically yeah. got to. Like, well, and now the Mariners are killing
3: us. How but, available was he really? Like, it, it, it was know. great that it came out and they're just like, oh, he's he's possibly in a trade, but he didn't end up going anywhere. So, obviously, the price was either astronomically high,
2: where we, it wouldn't have made sense to make that move anyways, or they just really weren't shopping him and it just yeah, kind of came out. Yeah, Mariners management said afterwards, like, we just didn't get an offer that was good enough. No.
4: Yeah. I mean it was all they, they, did, they didn't even cleanser. say
2: they didn't even say mm-hmm. like we weren't going to trade Tay Oscar we're in go mode in Seattle oh, they, they said we didn't get an offer that made sense.
4: Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that would have you know I don't know what that overpay would have looked like but like to your point Scott the bats is at the moment Davis Schneider right? Mm-hmm. They probably don't sweep Boston without him. No. You know, they aren't in today's game without him. Uh yesterday, you know what I mean? Like that's what adding a bat, and he's not a bat in the sense that like this is just a kid up from the from the minor leagues who is is managing to have a really great run, you know. But that's what adding a bat could possibly do for this lineup. And if they had been able to add a a legitimate bat at the at the trade deadline, maybe the picture is looking a little bit different.
3: I think the one thing was once Shohei was off the table for everyone and once Bellinger was off the table for everyone, every other bat that was out there was just shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. It's just there wasn't anyone else out there that was going to be better than what you might get out of Davis Schneider or Addison Barger or Revis Martinez. You might as well just take the on yourself and keep your window open maybe a little longer as opposed to overpaying for a guy like Teoscar who's gone at the end of the year anyways. Kind of the way I saw it.
1: in lost, lost My headphones went out, so if anyone, sorry. Guys, <laughs> oh, I was pictures. like, looking. It's not like we're a rudderless <laughs> ship. <laughs> no one knows what to do.
2: <laughs> are you there, Grandpa Belford? You got ya? Is he frozen? No, no, he's not frozen. Nice. No, his, his headphones head- are out. He says, "Oh, his headphones are out." Oh, okay. What was the next thing we were going to talk about? Wasn't it supposed to be something like uh "Unsung Hero"? Who do you
1: yeah. that's one of can the We topics. Jump
2: ahead and just say, you know what, well, we don't need Scott Belford to do yeah. that. Who would be who would be your unsung? We don't hero?
3: know either of their guys.
2: Um, where are we starting? I'll
0: I'll I'll start with Tim Mesa. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much that's what I had on my that's the only thing I wrote down for the entire episode. I don't even know why I wrote it down. It's a name. <laughs> <Couldn't> remember it. <laughs> but yeah, I I would start there, you know, just uh, absolutely um the the type of performance from day one all through the season that you've wanted pretty much from everybody else. And if you could patent uh, a guy who's just performing the way you want everybody to perform, it'd be Tim Mesa. That's where my, my we, we jumped on unsung
2: heroes, Scott. Uh mm-hmm. Sean. Sean. I just called us. an audible man. I'm so sorry. I swung <laughs> at a three I swung through a three-o pitch and made a mistake. But yeah, we just moved on to who who's the unsung heroes would be.
1: Nice, well done, gang! Thank you for uh, taking the lead while I have a panic attack about my headphones.
2: <laughs> well, your Plan okay. B headphones your your Plan B headphones look a lot better than my Plan B headphones. Mine would be like pink and huge, It'd be my wife's stuff.
1: <laughs> your wife's are your your uh, <laughs> your backup plan. I love it. Okay, uh, yeah, let's get into the unsung heroes. Then have as everyone already talked this or just nope, Joel. we just started. Okay. Love it. Um, so more or less, we can call this the Tim Meza award, right? Is that, uh, did Joel already bring up Joel. Tim Meza? That was his. Yeah. That, yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, Brent, who did you want to uh, give some love to on this team that maybe hasn't gotten enough of it over the season?
3: I have one, but I do want to talk on Meza for a, me, just a quick brief second. Um, would Mesa put up the numbers he does if he wasn't sheltered the way he kind of is? Like if you use Mesa, cause like if you look at Mesa's numbers, he's got like, I think it's like 57 games and like 42 innings pitched. Like a lot of that is like, you're coming in with two outs. There's a lefty coming up or there's one out, two lefties coming up, something like that. I'm like, Tim Mesa has been great. I do agree that he's been an unsung hero, but like, is Tim Mesa putting up a sub one ERA if you're using him like a Jordan Romano or like a a Eric Swanson or like trying to get multiple innings out of him?
0: Oh, he's definitely a modern day specialist.
3: Right. Right. Like, and they're using him perfectly with the rules that you can put in place.
0: Exactly. Right. In the new context of how you have to use a lefty, he's being used Mm -hmm. perfectly. And what he dissects in a lineup, usually like when you go up against a lineup like Houston, and you're going through Tucker and Alvarez, and those are the bats that he's being out to dissect. I, I think so, right? Like, I, I don't get me wrong; he's used. He's not a guy who you're going to run out there the way that you would run Romano out, lefty, mm-hmm. righty, and not care. But um, the way that he can take that devastating lefty bat, and because there there is such a deficiency of lefties coming out of the pit right, that I mm-hmm. think that has values even. Sure. more so because if he's not there that who is really attacking those batters yeah I,
3: I I love Meza for his role I just don't really want to expect him to be more than his role because that's oh, yeah. where I think you're going to run into trouble
0: I'm just that's saying just that's kinda... that's as good as I've ever seen a lefty specialist yeah. for the Jays in his cool. role he is absolutely doing everything I could have hoped him to do and and that's so. true. Sure. yeah for sure.
1: Uh, To your point here, Brant, to your point, uh, before you get to that, Wyatt speaks up in chat here and says, that's what you want. Put players in the best position to succeed. And Mesa is one guy that they have done that with in the bullpen.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, I think one guy that doesn't really get talked about enough, even though he's like the three hitter on this team now is Brandon Belt. Like he gets talked about a little bit, but like what he's done on the contract that he's on is kind of insane to me. Like he's, he's putting up a 1.8 B war right now which is right up there with, like, the best years in his career. He's, what, leading the Jays in OPS now? If not, he's number two. Like, he's been battling with Bobachet since, like, June. And this is a guy that you're paying peanuts to for this whole year. I think what he's been able to do there and what he's been able to do at first, when Vlad's probably having the worst defensive season he'll ever have and arguably the worst defensive season of a first baseman this year, it's just really nice to have that as just an option when the entire offense is a sinking ship right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> how about you sean do you have any uh love to share with uh, an unsung hero on this team
2: i think it's got to be yusuke oshima <laughs> who is kikuchi's translator yes and a lot of people haven't given him enough y- credit <laughs> he's like, you know he's really good at turning english into japanese he's really good at turning japanese into english he, you know, he's he, he j- he's off the field during interviews, on the field on the mound during visits with Pete Walker. He just slinks to the background and just you know it just turns it. You know, it's great. I love what he's doing, and uh, I hope he I hope they sign him to a longer term deal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's new.
2: A lot of people don't know that he was hired. Yeah. He's this year. Yeah, the
3: story there is kind of cool actually. If you if you do look it up, um, it's pronounced Yusuke, By the way
2: how do you know Sorry, how to pronounce because i know japanese, the, how much i know, do you know, I, I, know. Baseball I know, who he is. know that? you know him personally did you go yeah, no, <laughs> he, he was a of
3: coach
2: him. of a buddy of mine
3: so i i kind of i talked to him for a little while yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, all right because he coached at the university in england in, in yeah i did speak i don't speak a lot of japanese a whole lot of no japanese but uh yeah no i i've, I've talked to him once or twice and it, that's definitely
2: <laughs> okay all right well he's still my unsung hero I like <laughs> it it's a good pick
4: if we're gonna go that route can we also give a tip of the cap to his weight trainer in the offseason
1: just like everyone that, that, that works for sure uh, for, uh, for
4: anyone who helped Yusei
1: Kakuchi get to where he is Kikuchi, thank you
4: <laughs> absolutely just, just all of
3: them <laughs> can we give um, credit to Yusei, uh, Yusei Kakuchi too or are we just, just the people <laughs> no. that work for him just did you guy. did you
4: hear the story today? Uh, apparently, they had what the strongest man on earth. Yeah. Grow up. Did you see this story? So I don't know. I'm not into powerlifting. I I, I mean I don't follow the world of powerlifting, but whoever. Won't. <laughs> <laughs> I would on,
2: I would only follow powerlifting if they also ate hot dogs
4: simultaneously.
2: If but all whoever, you're doing is powerlifting, that's not a spectator sport. No one should be the powerlifter
4: champion of the world, is, though. He yeah. threw out the first pitch, I think, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the one guy who was like, knew who he was and was super excited was Yusei Kikuchi, because Yusei Kikuchi <laughs> isn't powerlifting. And he like got the guy's number because he wants this guy to train him in the offseason to hit a 600 pound deadlift, because that is Yusei Kikuchi's white whale, is being able to hit. Excellent. That one, that 600 pound deadlift. So I just, for him, man. I thought that was fun. Anyways, um, low key and very, very, very small sample size. I'm going off of the very recent small sample size here, but let's also just give a nod to Hunjin Ryu for coming back into this rotation, doing all of that work at his age, mm-hmm. coming back, in the best shape of his life and giving these quality quality innings because with Manoa out, where would this team be if Ryu had not been able to make that comeback?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great pick, Jen. And we will get a little bit more into Hinge and Ryu, but I am curious. Let's get into it right now. Who would listen Let's start with this because I really do feel like, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I, b- before we're going to get into Rio in just a second here, I'm jumping all over the place. The chat's like, what's going on? So I do want to just say that Jimmy Garcia also deserves A little bit of a tip of the hat especially with what he has done since june 1st which is 29 innings pitched and that doesn't even include today 32 strikeouts and a 1.86 era he has been absolutely one of the most integral parts of this guardians jays series i mean the one win the jays managed to get uh yimmy really or jimmy really helped with it so uh I mean, the bullpen, right? The bullpen continues to impress. And Garcia really, after a rough couple months to start the season, really, really came up big. Okay, back mm-hmm. to Ryu now. Who, and feel free to chime in here, chat. Who expects Alec? Is is Alec Manoa's job safe? I guess you know. is the, the major question. Are, is he going to walk into a position? no next season I, I don't think so either and i think it would be malpractice on the front office's standpoint to expect that
4: i think i think where you're going with this i'm just going to jump right in yeah bring him like, back if, baby <laughs> if, if you're the blue jays you're offering hunjin ryu a contract okay two years whatever um and i think unless Alec Manoa outright wins that position out of spring training, um, you know, he's your next man up. He's continuing to develop and he's your next man up. Because right now, the one thing they do lack, they do lack that depth. And that set scenario would provide starting, some starting pitching depth. Assume And we're assuming, of <clears> course, <throat> course, that Manoa can get back on track to, 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 We have, yeah, we're assuming that he can get back on track. We're not, we're not writing them off. Right.
2: No, no, you're going to give him the Kikuchi. He'll probably get the Kikuchi treatment next year. where He's got to pitch tons in spring training. You're going to throw 32 innings and see how you do. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way it should be handled. I mean, if you look at what Ryu has done since coming back off of injury, it's been incredibly impressive. And where would this team be without him as Jen pointed out? But if you look at what he has done for the Toronto blue Jays in his four years, it's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. He never really got the full Toronto experience that he was hoping for. I do think he likes the city and without a doubt, Toronto has the biggest population of Koreans outside of Korea. And I think two years, $30 million. If you can lock Ryu up for two years, $30 million, this is something the Los Angeles Dodgers would do, right? And then if Manoa pushes his way into the rotation, then you've, you're it's a win-win. That kind of depth is what the best teams in baseball have, and I would love to see Ryu uh, brought back. I don't think it's going to – you're not going to need to give him much term. You're probably going to need to go two years. Joel, when you uh, start breaking down the numbers – what do you, number one, would you like to see Ryu return? And in your opinion, what would be a good deal for the Jays to offer?
4: Um,
1: Yeah, and, it's. And you can go against this too. If you don't want to back, that's fine too. <laughs> no, no. I, um,
0: I, I'm a Ryu fan. Like I, I think there was a lot of issues after the foreign substance. Cause he started to, to, to kind of hit a wall and people were wondering, is it foreign substance? But maybe it was just a long career of throwing the ball, adding up to him and, and, and the changeup not being his, you know, his pitch. He's a spin rate guy. He's never been a velo guy. So it's, as soon as that curveball is, is, you know, that arm is restructured and he's throwing that curveball the way he used to when he was 25, 26 years old, then he's back to being that dominant two ERA guy that he, like, he's got one of the lowest career ERAs in, in Major League Baseball as a starting pitcher right now. Like, that's, it, it kind of goes over our head, but this guy for, six, seven years, even though they were injury-plagued, which is the one thing that you have to worry about. But this is a review that physically I've never seen in his entire tenure in the major leagues. Like, the 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 frame of him, the legs... Like He came in not only wanting to recover from Tommy John and, and affect this team this year, but he's making a statement to the rest of the league that he wants to be in the majors for the considerable future. So to Jen's point, you know... Um, I, I think that arm is going to be good. I'm not worried about Tommy John to another one coming when he's throwing 90, you know, maxed out. And if he's efficient there and he's effective there, then yeah, I, I don't know two two
2: years, 30 two years, 35. Like especially, yeah, especially when you consider the ages of your other pitchers, right? You've got Barrios and Gosman and Bassett and Kikuchi. Like none of them are young. Uh guys right so if you can have kind of a six-man rotation to work with most of them are better on five days rest so I mean you could have like okay let's just next year if Manoa is great we have a six-man rotation maybe
1: and, and that's a great point, Sean. Because if you look at Gosman and Barrios in particular, their numbers on an extra day rest is literally mind blowing.
3: Ryu too.
1: They Ryu too, and and they've that's got definitely. decent numbers on regular rest. It's just like when you give them that extra day, they have that that extra bit of rope to go the to go the distance. And I, I mean, it makes sense. It's the human body, uh, um, Sean do you want to see Ryu return or how do you envision this pitching staff looking in 2024?
2: Yeah, I guess I don't, I don't, I think Manoa, I mean, yeah, I don't know if that necessarily factors in. I'd like to see Ryu back, you know, and I wouldn't even mind like Joel was saying, or Jen was saying, like I wouldn't mind a multi-year deal. And what does that look like? I don't know. I mean, it's going to be completely up to him. Did he like his time in Toronto? Did he like his four years? I'm sure he was treated well. And he, I think it's an indication that he does like the team and like his teammates because he did push to get back as soon as he possibly could, right? He could have easily just sort of, I mean, obviously it would have hurt his contract status as well, but he could have just taken the whole time and just said, I'm, you know, I'm I'll be back next year or whatever, um, fully ready to go. But so I wouldn't mind signing him and and just running with a, a six-man rotation and Normally that wouldn't work because a a young stud guy like Manoa could say like, no, I want to, you know, like, let's go. I want to win a Cy Young. I want to start every, every fifth day. I want to, I want to be, but because of where he's coming from, you can sort of tell him, look, you know, we don't know why you regressed last year. We think maybe it was workload, workload related. Let's have you in a six man rotation with a bunch of veteran guys and we'll just go for it. You're not going to get as many innings. You're not going to pitch as much. Um, but I I wouldn't mind seeing that as our as our and baseball
1: baseball has a funny way of, uh when you're concerned where you're going to put all these pictures of just dealing with that on itself, you know, like the blue yeah. Jays have been incredibly lucky this season with the lack of injuries when it comes to their starting rotation to rely on that for a second year is complete lunacy. So I think that going out and getting some insulation to injuries in the, in the form of Ryu is a good move. And with older guys in your rotation, you don't know who's going to go down from injury. One thing I do think is important to Pip. Uh, to point out though is that Ricky Tiedemann who a lot of scouts around baseball really did feel was going to be in this rotation by September of this season had a really really tough developmental year spent most of it on the IL has gotten all the way back to double A but has not looked the same since his return and has struggled mightily he's 20 years old I'm not worried about Ricky Tiedemann but to maybe allow him to be like okay I need to push my way onto this team rather than there be like an obvious hole where he knows that that's what they're waiting on I think that that's just a better way to develop a young pitcher than it is to just have a bunch of especially if this team is hoping to contend again next year going with a rookie starting pitcher that you're not sure about not exactly the way I'd like to go and to count on Manoa how can you count on Manoa after this season I just don't know. look.
2: I mean, if you look at some of the spots we put, like Nate Pearson in, if you go back in time a couple of years, like we would put him in in games where like we needed, we need a guy, a guy. We and he would go in against the Astros in Houston, or and it's like, what are you doing? Like that's not that doesn't make sense. So like it would be nice to sort of cherry pick Tiedemann into certain spots where it's like, okay, the Tigers in Detroit or whatever, like we did with Manoa this year be nice to sort of cherry pick spots rather than have them, like you said, go in and just under the gun.
1: Yeah. So, and, I mean, and I, maybe,
0: maybe it makes sense for a, a debut at 23, you know, as opposed to 2021, you know, like, so maybe that's where his development takes him, especially lefty pitchers usually are known for, for developing a little bit later. So it's just like, you know, that might play to it, but I, you're, your depth right now, is not coming so much from your youth? So you have to build youth off your established veteran prop uh, players to, you know, to stay competitive next year, right? Like you can't a six man rotation is with every, with five of those six guys being mostly over 30. I think Barrios will be 30 next year. Is that right? Everybody else is, is a nice amount over 30. So it's pretty much a bunch of guys who would love that built in day.
1: So, yeah, I, all very good points. Before we get to our topics, we are going to talk some Shohei Otani, and I'm going to do a quick plug here. By the way, there is almost 110 people in the chat right now, which is awesome. So great job, everyone. If you can hit that like button, that's always great. We were up to almost 130 at a point, which is pretty close to the the peak we've had all year. So thank you very much, everyone. Uh, just a reminder, we're doing this show live in two weeks In Toronto, Comedy Bar East tickets are on sale right now. The tickets are pinned as the top comment in the chat as we currently speak. We are going to have, and he's back on the team, so it looks like it's happening. Jay Jackson is coming down. We've got the lovely Jen we're going to get to meet in person. That's pretty exciting. We've got Blake Murphy from Sportsnet and Jay's Talk Plus. We've got Julia Cruz coming down from MLB.com. Johnny G of Gate 14, the King of Toronto podcast. And then uh, there also may be a special surprise guest. So a little tease there again. Tickets no, are going no, quickly. Come on
2: now. So is that that's got to, is that somebody on the roster? Is that it might be someone on work? the roster,
1: Sean? But we oh, can't we can't okay. mention them until they confirm. <laughs>
2: okay. All right. Okay.
1: Okay.
3: for hey, Before you move on, how much does it speak to our fan base that in the most doom and gloom time after that game, the viewership is way up?
1: it is it is it just shows you how much jays fans care and when they're going mm. badly we they love I, pain as much oh, shit pain as we give yankees fans oh man we love being in the mud too sometimes <laughs> when you win
2: a game when when you win a game you can just go back to real life you can just yeah go, oh, water, you're just happy you just move on yeah, i don't need to hang out life. with my kids <laughs> for the first time in weeks <laughs> why be not a dad. yeah But if you lose, you're like, I'm going to have to wallow in that because (laughs) if you as a fan, there's two things that can happen. You win and you kind of celebrate a win. And if you lose, you're like, I'm going to have to wallow in this hot tub of pain. (laughs) Yeah. And turn the jets on the jets of hate full blast and just sit here in this hot tub. There's
4: more to say when you're pissed off at your team than when you're happy with your team. Yeah, Yeah. Way
1: more to say. Yeah. If this team was winning right now, we'd have so many different outside of baseball topics we'd be touching on right now. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the, we'd be done happy. with the Jays. Right, yeah. yeah. exactly. Your it's ticket the,
2: sales in Toronto would be awful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the money ball line, though. I like winning, but I hate mm-hmm. losing. Right? Yeah. There's almost more passion in losing than there is in winning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's get to the fact that, uh, Joel, you've come prepared with your Angels hat on, ready to talk all about Shohei Ohtani. Angels general manager Perry Mananassian revealed that the Angels offered to do an MRI on Shohei Ohtani's arm earlier this month, but Shohei and his agent refused because they didn't think it was necessary. To which then the Shohei Ohtani camp came out and said that It was not necessary. He was a hundred percent going into the start that he wound up tearing his UCL during. And uh, now we're in this weird spot where it seemed like, so my initial response when Shohei Otani wound up on the injured list is I was like, oh my God, this actually increases the chances. The angels might actually be able to retain the guy because he's comfortable With the organization, he knows the ins and outs of the Los Angeles Angels. He is aware of how their uh, rehab works. And if he needs to miss substantial time, the Angels seems like a soft landing spot. But after after that, you're like, what what are the Angels doing outside of they already know he's going elsewhere and now they're acting out a little bit? It almost seems...
2: That's 100% what it is.
1: Right, they're they're mm-hmm. being childish, right?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Or they're being honest and trying to protect their own brand, right? I mean, like mm. that's a possibility. Trying to throw where, it on him, you know? Yeah. Well, but you're you're you know, like your brand is already like that's the thing. If you're an organization like the Angels, sometimes having a Shohei Otani or a Mike Trout is the worst thing that could happen because organizationally, you do more poorly. Everybody thinks you're a terrible organization, so everybody thinks they are. He's oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. And Trout's amazing. And the Angels are the worst. So you're tired of getting shit on. You're tired of having everything come at you. And you're like, wait a minute. This UCL bullshit isn't on us. It's on him and his people. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what they're thinking. They're thinking like, this UCL shit isn't our problem. This is him.
3: There's so many up, ways that they could have changed up that narrative.
1: Excuses for when he leaves. They're setting up excuses.
3: There's <laughs> so many ways that they could have changed that narrative. And this is how they decided to do it. They didn't make their team better. They didn't do anything to address the fact that their, their pitching staff has been garbage for four years or the fact that they just ruined their players lives for the past five years, but they're just going to go and throw blame elsewhere. I mean, like it wasn't our fault. The best player in the, the history of baseball got hurt. It was his own fault. I, I wonder I despise if he
4: absolutely regrets signing with them. That is I such would.
3: a good question, Jen. Yeah. Oh, right? sure I wonder does. if Mike Trout regrets it. And that was only yeah. two years, three years ago.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he looks back and goes, why didn't we just go Dodgers or Padres?
0: Or,
2: yeah. you know, cool. we, we had Dodgers. We had Padres. We chose. I think the only one that doesn't it regret three it is Anthony California teams, And you chose wrong. Like <laughs> Upton, Pujols, yeah. I
3: think no, Upton loves the, the decision reverse they pay him to do That's nothing. literally what Otani yeah. is.
1: Otani is the reverse I, don't know. Pujols. I think Pujols reverse probably Pujols. regrets it, too.
3: I, I think Pujols probably regrets that decision because like, he was garbage for a good, yeah. what was he there, seven years? Like He yeah. just fell off the face of the earth, and then all of a sudden he went back to St. Louis,
0: and he was Albert Pujols again.
3: Yeah, <laughs> they just I mean, ruined everyone.
0: You you have a, a management team that will go out and draft only pitchers twice. It's what they needed, they needed to do. I know that's what they needed to do. Stupid, they needed to do. It seems like an eight-year-old was in charge of that decision making, right? Like you, it's MLB the show stuff. It is. It's it, something it that is. you would do as an eight-year-old when you're yeah. like, oh, just who's the top-rated pitcher? Who's got all mm-hmm. the green when it comes to pitching? Just mm-hmm. get him. I don't even care what his name is. And it felt like that was that is the decision making of this lovely franchise here. So yeah, no, and 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 to play on onto it. This is all happening, and he goes with a UCL tear in, in a city field. Goes two for two, gets intentionally walked. Gets another walk. Hits a double. Hits an extra. Yeah. It's a triple, and it doesn't stop for the unicorn. Like he's just, I'm not. You're know, like it, it, all the comments. Every single thing on the UCL tear is like, well, he's got no power if he's going to keep playing. The power's gone. It's a ball off the 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 the, the lighting and, and breaks the the scoreboard that's on the facade. Like, at 107 miles an hour, then two pitches later, hits 110. Like, it's just... And this is the guy that you run? He's he's the golden goose of the sport, and that's the guy that you want to talk shit about? Like, I don't... I just don't understand it at all. And the through worst. it all, he is, he is majestic. And and he, uh, to quote is that movie, as good as it gets from the 90s, he wants to... He makes me want to be a better man. That's what Shohei O'Donnell does <laughs> to me. He's just... He's so beautiful in everything that he does that I just can't imagine being the person who has to type negative words about him,
1: right? I just don't get it.
4: Joel, I am shocked that you quoted a Tom Cruise movie. what?
1: Yeah, so shocking. Shocked. So out of character. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Keith Duncan says in chat, they literally drafted Mike Trout, face Mm -hmm. pop. And they did. And for those of you who who... Don't remember they drafted him right after. That's right, the next pick after they drafted Randall Grishick, who they brought home. Look at they that, full circle for Randall Grishick, who's been Grishik. dog
3: shit since they brought him over.
1: Shocking! Imagine that, <laughs> Mister April being shitty in uh in August. Who would have seen that coming? <laughs> I,
3: I I dislike a lot of teams in this league. There's no franchise I hate more than the the Los Angeles Angels. I yeah. just everything they do is just the worst. They were five and a half games out with four game four teams in between them with, at the deadline, and they hung on to Otani and dumped the farm system for nothing. They got Giolito, who's been terrible, Ronaldo Lopez, who's gone at the end of the year, and a bunch of rentals that stink mm-hmm. for nothing. And they just wasted another season of the best player we've ever seen and the second best player we've ever seen. Just, there you go. Have it. They've ruined so many years of what this, thank you, Joel, They've ruined so many years of what this team should have been because they're just inept at their job. They they can't do anything, like Potter. straight from like the team, the build, the Tyler Skaggs stuff, what they've done to Otani, everything. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. awful. Oh man, the, there's no franchise worse than the Los Angeles Angels. I, I, hate I have them so to much. agree. Their fans I, are great. I love them. The it's a great sucks.
1: park. It, it's so funny. It's like so even- great even even bringing up the kid they drafted six weeks ago and sticking him into the uh, uh, into the leadoff spot. What's his name? Shanibel or January, yeah, some, yeah, something like that. But it's just like, you're going to bring up a 21-year-old kid six weeks after you drafted him. You're going to ruin him already. And, and, and put him in front of Shohei Otani as, as Otani's protection. Awesome. And he's thriving. Really? I, <laughs> I, he's thriving.
3: <laughs> Good for him. But they're going to ruin him too it's oh, just man. everything they're, they're a black hole for everything that is baseball they've never done anything right in most of my entire life since their world series they've done nothing
1: right i love Ball. so much joel that we st- you re- wore that angels hat this whole show <laughs> and as we got into it you took it off you're like i yeah. can't wear this
0: <laughs> yeah that was just a second. that i was literally wearing it for one person i was wearing it for one guy on that team and now that hey, we're wait done till he's with somewhere I can... else
3: i don't even care where it is as long as it's
0: yeah, i don't New York. care
2: i think it, I. I it might be it. outside actually now and i live upstairs so. <laughs> like, little, but I, you know up. i i like i like O oh, as a because i'm more of a jays fan than i you know like i i watch baseball of course but like i i, I don't mind having that bird in a cage you know i don't mind otani flittering away not hurting football. us yeah not hurting yeah, us. that's right yeah, you go ahead and stay in your little birdcage and hit your little home runs or whatever. Like, I don't want you when the Yankees, are you crazy? Yeah, that's true. I don't want to have go into a four-game series in Yankee Stadium and have to worry about Otani killing us and them yeah. going, like, Otani, and then he has to, like, acknowledge those loser fans. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't want any, you know, like, Dodgers. Like, I don't like the rich getting richer all the time. Anyway, so, like, you know, is Otani winning a World Series and? As a Dodger or a Yankee, a story that I would like to follow. No. (laughs) As a Dodger, I'm okay. As a Yankee, I just couldn't do it.
3: No. Yeah. But I I do want to see him win somewhere. There's no way this guy can just not
2: win for the rest of his career. I'd like to see him in the playoffs with a ragtag Cleveland team or something. You know, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. (laughs) Take the
3: Oakland A's to a playoff appearance. Why not? Yeah.
1: Ah. Joel, you're really inspiring some some gold in the chat here. Tay for Effort says Joel's hair actually looks great. Heather follows up. Oh. Joel's hair is magnificent. That's RC really Cyber Warrior says, speaking of hair, <laughs> <laughs> Brandon <laughs> Belt also has great hair. So you're in Brandon Belt category for your hair, bud. That's awesome. That's great. Thank
0: you. I- Thank you, chat. I had no idea
2: that that was going to inspire that. I had no idea. It shouldn't look that good after having just removed a hat. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. He spent okay. hours doing that before he put that yeah, It was on this.
0: all pre-set up. Right? Yeah. The he was wearing it
3: so high on his head. The hat was just knew. kind of floating on top of the perfectly yeah, done hair that he he's been doing
1: since 8, eight o'clock big this big morning.
2: This I get o'clock. it. If it went. This is all
1: premeditated. <laughs> all
0: premeditated to talk about my hair.
1: Shohei Otani gets injured, and it feels like it changes everything when it comes to what we're going to see in this offseason for suitors for him. So, Jen, can you see we see, as baseball fans, the most incentive-laden contract in the history of baseball? Do you think that's what uh, Shohei's camp is going to be with now that there's so many question marks?
4: I think it'll be, yes, a a complex and impressive contract. Yes, I think, I think guaranteed term and money. I think, yes, performance incentives, number of games pitched, whatever, whatever it is that they want to build into it. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I'm really, I was already, we were all already very curious to see what he would be offered just in terms of. the the absolute enormity of the contract. But now if you're building in actual incentives as well, this has a real possibility of getting quite creative.
1: Yeah, because, you know, like you look at, there was so much talk after he went down with his arm injury. Of course he had Tommy John surgery in 2018. And I guess the UCL tear that he's dealing with is completely different from what he dealt with in 2018. And it doesn't look like this is of course all out of the Otani camp. So who knows, but it doesn't look like there's going to need to be another full on reconstructive surgery because second Tommy John surgery always has a lot less chance of success, but we watched him right from graduating high school, right? He was going to go straight to the majors out of high school and the Japan league talked him into staying because they were like, like, you know what? We will let you pitch something that is so important to you. And so that's how Otani managed to continue to be a two-way player. Same when he came to major league baseball, the angels willingness to just put in black and white on paper that there's no way they're not going to use him as both a pitcher and a position player or and a hitter, which meant so much to him. So I guess my question is to you, the group: is do you think that's changed at all? Because I really no. feel like Shohei still he no. wants to be both. And I think even my... I think
2: even like going back to your contract, uh, I I think he's got enough leverage that it'd yeah. be like Kevin Durant. Like when Kevin Durant signed, it was like we're just going to give you thirty five million. Mm-hmm you can't play basketball this year. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think, I I think he's, I think he's got enough leverage. uh, His camp will have enough leverage to say, like, we know that you're not going to pitch next year. We know that you're probably not going to pitch or hit next year because you're going to be out so long with surgery. Um, We're just going to give you the money anyway. Like we're not going to, it's not going to be incentive. It's just like, here's the cash.
4: Here's the cash for that year that you're sitting out rehabbing on our behalf. Yeah. yeah essentially we're, we're paying you for that and you know i wonder if he um because of his experience with the angels will want an opt-out
1: i mean if you look <laughs> at that manny machado <laughs> contract i don't know who wouldn't want an opt-out at this point like if you're gonna get one of those mega contracts i you'd want a player opt-out definitely not the team but
3: i'd don't know how we got to this point with Shohei Otani where everyone's just like, oh, he's done as a starting pitcher or he's never going to come back as the same as a pitcher. There's what, 400 guys that have gotten Tommy John this year? And yeah. we're not looking at any of them like, oh, they're never going to come they're back. They're all on Hing the Jin race, Ryu too, by the way. Twice oh, I now, right?
4: absolutely. I think yeah. Shohei will come back. Well, but that's I mean, what I mean. He's yeah. got a
3: year off. We know that for sure. He's a year and a half probably out of throwing. But Bryce Harper's shown you can come back and still be a damn good hitter without the UCL in your arm. So he's going to probably do that at the beginning of next year if he gets the surgery in the offseason. So we're looking at a guy that's still an MVP caliber player as a hitter alone if he never steps on the mound. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, look at how much money he's going to lose. He might lose that for a season, half of a season, because it's only half of him that's missing the season. But he's going to come back and be Shohei Otani. Like, nobody's looking at Shane McClanahan and going, oh, he's never going to come back the same. Like if You, you expect if Shane if McClanahan to come back and be the best pitcher in the majors.
2: For if one, you're no, recovering sorry. from a UCL tear, so you're not hitting, right? you you're... Bryce
1: Harper. Well, he probably would probably. be. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what the timeline so would you be. Re- for... You
2: can be in recovery from that surgery and still hit. Is that right? Yeah.
1: yeah so I, would, I guess to an extent, to an extent. Like there's Joel going probably to be... knows more. How,
4: how long was Bryce Harper out for? Was it eight months? Five months?
3: Five, five months, wasn't it? Five
4: months. Okay. So uh, theoretically, I think it was five months theoretically, Shohei could be batting towards the beginning. In
3: June, July next year, I think, is around when Bryce Harper came back this year.
4: Right. And if he doesn't
3: get the surgery, he can bat the entire season. Right. Bryce did it in the playoffs. Bryce had a torn UCL for the last half of last season through the playoffs. And Bryce was arguably the MVP of that team going into the World Series. It's it's 100 doable. He can go out and be the MVP if he just if he especially if he doesn't get the surgery, he can go out and strictly be an MVP as a hitter. I and think then another come thing back that the next year and throw.
1: I think another thing that really bodes well for Shohei Otani is what a a beacon of light he is for baseball, and everyone knows who he is, and everyone. I think there isn't an organization out there that doesn't trust that he's just a good dude and a good ambassador for the game, because we're seeing some of these monster contracts for the first time, come back and kind of bite you in the butt. Right. And I'm thinking of course, of Wander Franco, because if you don't know who you're signing to a 12 year contract for a ton of money, sometimes that's going to wind up uh, being a detriment in the end. But when it comes to Shohei, I don't think there is any of that, 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 question mark that wonder of what he is he's 29 he's proven throughout his his career in japan and here in america and canada that he is a unicorn in every aspect of the game whether it is how he is an ambassador for the game or just how he plays it i could be wrong here so feel free to 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 pipe up if anyone feels differently but i do think that there is something to be said for just knowing what a good guy shohei otani is to sign to this mega contract
2: i guarantee you that every angels front office staff member right now is rolling their eyes hard (laughs) great guy like you're not the one who has to answer seven emails a day about (laughs) why he can't park closer to the building (laughs) we don't even know the prima donna status of these guys right we just don't know not really in that world but like some of these guys, you're just like, you know, there's always one team that it's, it's all these teams that want the guy. And then the team that gets the guy is like, what a pain in my ass. This guy, this guy's dad texts me after losses.
3: <laughs>
2: you know, like a lot of these guys are a way bigger pain in the ass than we know anything about for sure. When
3: you're Shohei Otani, though, I think you've earned it. Like you, you can park in the building if you want. Yes. I'll, I'll
2: carry you there if I have to. Yeah, if I'm driving in foul territory, just don't. Yeah. Just, on you sign. want to take
3: the he bullpen didn't. car to your car? Go for it, man. I'll have someone yeah. drive you out there. Yeah. It's absolutely he's he, earned. He it, can do man. whatever he wants. His dad can have a number that just goes to the bullpen if he wants. It's,
2: <laughs> yeah. it's fine. No problems. Get somebody hot. My son is losing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: I, I, I was gonna say on, on the aspect of getting that big contract and, and you know, the the fear that you have of you giving it to somebody like a... um Trey Turner this year and Trey Turner kind of not showing up or a Carlos Correa not showing up I don't think money means anything honestly to Shohei Otani. I really just don't no. it doesn't he only he's gonna cares get it. Yeah, yeah he's good it's, it's gonna happen that's just a that's just a natural thing but like with all the other players I feel like 300 million dollars in your bank account can suddenly become your focus Mm-hmm. right you're, you're all of a sudden a guy who has 300 million dollars coming to you and baseball isn't as important as 10 jet skis and you know all the fun things that come with it right so I think but when it comes to Otani I don't think anything means more to him than taxing his body to the absolute limit to play baseball until it can't play anymore and that's mm-hmm. all he cares about it's just well, the thing all with- he cares about
3: The thing with him, too, is that he's going to make money through baseball for the rest of his life. And we're talking about this contract. You're talking about a difference of like four hundred million dollars or four hundred fifty million dollars. Like it's a lot of money, even if he takes a massive discount and then he's going to have endorsements here in Japan everywhere for the rest Mm -hmm. of his life. And he was never has to worry about money again. He doesn't have to play after next year and he doesn't have to worry about money again.
1: This is a great point in chat, too, here. It says, uh Tafer Effort says, I think the record of making the most money matters to Shohei, but not the money mm-hmm. itself, which is what the top athletes want, right? They want the recognition of being the top athlete. And so even though I agree with you, Joel, that I don't think Shohei really does care about the highest pay. Yeah, yeah right? his performance
0: wants- has no dependency based on how much that money is that they- He's yeah. making rookie money. He's pu- he's putting the same amount mm-hmm. of effort into a season where he's got a sixty million dollar season, right? He's but just...
1: you know the quote, Joel, right? You know the quote. It's what the money says.
3: Yes, exactly. He has his list of things he said he wanted to do. I don't know if
0: money was on that, was it? Yeah, it's and it's I I believe it. Yeah, Brent. When you, you talk about that list, he's he wants these. He's he nailed all of it videos. so far. Yes. Yeah, and and I feel like that's a guy who can only do what he's done because mm-hmm. those goals have stayed so true mm-hmm. to him, so.
4: he wants baseball immortality
0: yeah. yeah but
3: i don't think that had anything to do with money for i don't th- i can't remember but i know he has the list of things he wants to do and i don't think it had anything to do with money being on there could be wrong that could be proven wrong on that one but like everything was like win an mvp by this age and he did that and win this by this age he did that the only thing he hasn't done is won the world series because the angels are a trash heap so when mm-hmm. he gets out of there and starts winning them with teams that are actually good, I think this is where he looks and goes, well, that team gives me the best chance to win. I'm going there. They're going to yeah, pay me regardless. Those
0: goals. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think we are ready to go to topics. If you four are.
2: I
0: didn't,
1: that, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Cause uh, we'll, just uh give a little highlight here to hugh mungus who is a, a a real friend of the show obviously he says just tuned in and i'm listening to this from the beginning somehow after hitting a home run and driving in 2 y'all still find y'all y'all still find a way to shit on vlad what a joke you all are so uh hugh mungus has uh become a, a fan <laughs>
2: okay i'll take that y'all and i that's why i like it when people say y'all because then i know i can discredit it immediately i don't have to let it, i don't have to let it ruminate in my brain and think about yeah. whether i made a mistake right. or maybe they're <laughs> right as soon as i hear the word y'all i can just throw it right in the trash did we even
3: really shit on vlad i don't recall that being a thing you guys I... did
1: yeah this no. shot's like oh no you did <laughs> i don't
2: think i said anything bad about vlad.
1: <laughs>
2: we acknowledge that he hit a shot we like scott yeah. that he hit a two-run shot and then but what i mean it's basically, basically the point we're trying to make is that it doesn't seem like it seems like vlad is completely dependent on whether the pitch he's seeing is a terrible pitch or not he's not isn't right. heating up mm-hmm. he isn't getting you know he isn't like All of a sudden, I'm going to just go on a run here. It's like somebody threw me a cookie, and I hammered it, and now pitching tightened up, and I can't hit again. Right.
1: Okay, let's go to topics here. We are getting long in the tooth here, so if we're going to wrap up by six, we should probably do that. Brent, let's start with you, buddy. What did you bring to the table today to talk about? I did not do a very good job bringing
3: a topic to the table. i got to be honest. I was fully locked in on my golf game, so I didn't have much. Uh, I do want to say, rest in peace, Bob Barker uh yeah. the guy we all grew up watching on tv it uh, doesn't matter what age you were he was just old on tv uh, it's true for your entire life it's a great doing point the Brad. Prices right. no matter
1: what age i have been yeah. bob barker's always been old Yeah, look the same no matter he's what. been
3: 90 since i was since long before i was <laughs> born i don't know how it happened <laughs> um but yeah it's a tough one i i didn't even realize he was still alive until last week when i think i want to say it was like codify tweeted out or something like that uh and then it came out. I'm like, Oh, he's still alive. And then six days later he passed away. So yeah, rest in peace, Bob Barker. So that's a, that's
0: a, a sad one.
1: I like that brand. Nicely done. Joel, how about you, buddy? What do you got for us to chat about? Or have we stepped on every topic you possibly could have had?
0: Um, I, I, I had one. Um, I, I, I had one to throw out. Um, We, we had talked about uh, Kikuchi earlier on and um, his translator being a reason why uh, he's, he's had success this year. Um, Pete Walker has always been successful with lefties uh, in his tenure with the Jays. He's been able to kind of take and rebuild lefties like a J-Hap. And um, you've seen many examples of him being able to take a lefty and really get the most out of them. Um, Besides, you know, uh, all of the reasons that you think that Kukuchi would be successful, is there any reason to think that he might be just, he was jaded on not being included on that WBC uh, team Japan. And, and that's something that he sits there being like, I am a legitimate, you know, major league tenured Japanese ball player. And I wasn't getting the consideration to be on that roster, especially with the work that he'd done in the off season. Do you think that that is something that is kind of fueling this and that maybe he's looking to 2026 to say, Hey, I I want to be on that roster
1: joel if this is the yusei kikuchi spite tour then i say let's keep it rolling baby fire him <laughs> let's up
3: cut him and- again next time i'm here he, for this
4: he, he does have a bit of an edge to him this season oh, yeah. he does right the, like the, the he flare is,
3: on strikeouts and stuff he's got he's yeah got the, the little going. leg
4: kick and then yeah. he just struts right off and doesn't yeah. even wait for the call from the ump and he's questioning the ump on close yeah. Call. Yeah. He's he like, right out, like, oh, out there. Good. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I,
2: think that I, I love the little dance move, like Elaine. And he kind of has that Elaine energy. <laughs> <thing. laughs> the Elaine energy. little <laughs> But, and I think he probably would have done it last year if he could get anybody out, right? Like, it's just like, it's hard to do those moves when the guy ropes one uh, between the left fielder and the right fielder for a ringing double can't off the wall, you know? Like,
3: can't really celebrate not getting out. Yeah.
2: He's got something to celebrate, and I like it
3: i'm here for it give that guy more all right let's do it
1: (laughs) how about yourself jen what do we have for uh, a topic from you
4: okay so you guys it's uh dealer's choice um without show so here's my three without shohei otani who is the face of baseball that's possible topic number one number two what are the padres and number three um, since we talked about unsung heroes uh, going in the other direction, uh, who would be the biggest appointment on the Jays? Not, you can't say Vlad or Manoa. So I, I'm saying either, I think either one or three.
3: I like one and three very much. Yeah.
1: yeah. Should
0: we go with one? one? or three?
4: So who's the face of baseball without Shohei or who's the biggest disappoint- disappointment on the Jays this season not named Vlad or Manoa?
1: Either one, I think I think for the face of baseball, it is so just damn exciting that baseball has a face again, that it's obviously Shohei Otani. There's no argument. Mm. He is the face of baseball. I do love this question, by the way, Jen, I I don't like him and I don't like him only because of the pinstripes he wears. But I think if it's not Shohei, you'd have it's to go with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Or, or, I, I would. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think love he's that. way it's too like, boring. Yeah, he's a
3: nice guy, but way too boring of a person to be the face. I I think it's Ronald Acuna Jr. only because yeah. he's about to win an undeser- undeserving MVP award in the NL, and nobody's was, even going to bat an eye because he's just what he does is so exciting, and everything he does is
2: intense. Yeah, he's more, he's fun.
3: Yeah,
1: but who if and if
2: he's playing for race? the
3: best team in baseball, and he's got the World Series ring. I think he wasn't on the team when they won it, but I think he got the ring. He might get another one this year.
1: And I I could be wrong, and don't get me wrong, because there is so many exciting, young, talented players coming up in this game right now. Ronald Acuna mm-hmm. Jr. being at the top of that list. Ellie Dela Cruz out of uh, Cincinnati is is going to be a stud for years to come. And baseball's in a really good place for mm-hmm. for the guys they got coming up. But I don't know if you were to just take a casual baseball fan that's an American League fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, does everyone, like, am I undervalued? Uh, am I... You're right. Am, yeah, giving, right. am I not giving? Am I not putting enough credit saying. on what Acuna you're, you're is? You're absolutely like, am right. Am I not giving if him
2: you, enough credit? If not if you were not a baseball person, right. if you did if you lived in the United States of America and sure. you did not follow baseball, you would know Aaron Judge's face. You would not know Ronald Acuna's face. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also... um,
3: go ahead, Brent. No, you got it. No, your is your guy. No, please, you go. <laughs> I just, I, I just. I think some of that comes with Judge being a Yankee, but to me, it's just like Judge isn't on the field all that much. And I just find it hard to be like, this is our face. He plays 50% of the games, but this is our face. Here you go. I know Acuna had the issue with the ACL and he missed that full season,
1: but like Judge has played, what, three full seasons in his career, I think. You know what? you uh, You're right. You're right um i think being in a major market like new york definitely does help Aaron Mm -hmm. judge uh rc cyber warrior here in chat brings up a really good point he says "Vladdy is one of the faces of baseball children love him and he won the home run derby this is all very true of course he being a bloodlines guy right Mm -hmm. everyone knew who Vladimir Guerrero Senior was so I I do think that there's there's some water to be held in the in the take that Vladi is a face yeah. of baseball. Yeah.
3: I I don't think our two names we brought up are even the only two possible ones. Like I think the league thinks Mookie Betts is also their guy. Just yeah, to say
4: that. yeah.
3: Like he's got his own podcast with the players that he does all this stuff on. It's phenomenal, by the way. There's some great quotes that comes out of it. But like he's doing all that. He's in the MVP races. He's in the biggest city in. The league, I would argue, not the biggest market, but definitely the biggest city to be in. He's just a star. He's won MVPs. He has a shot at another one. He's won World Series. He could be that guy, but it's just there's so many options. There isn't really a great answer for any of it.
0: I would would agree with you, though, on Acuna, just because Mm -hmm. of the what I looked at that youth movement coming out of Vladdy Soto Tatis and Acuna Tatis has kind of thrown some, you know, shade he's on his name it. and yeah. um, Soto hasn't been as godly as we would have hoped the bat to be, but he's still incredible and has all the potential to be that guy. But Acuna, when he puts all it right, together, it's it's how does five,
2: that look now, how does that trade that Soto trade? I mean, I'm not really up. I don't like, does that look terrible now? That's Soto. Deal?
1: Washington sure looks good right now. And I yeah, mean, a lot it. of these young players have really kind of found their stride. And Soto, I mean, the only one Soto's number, Soto, S- yeah. Soto hit a home run. I think it was yesterday and it was mm. the first home run he'd hit in like 16 games, which the yeah. only which it, he's like the one power hitter who went on a longer drought than Vladi went on. Like,
3: I think that's the thing with him, though, is like powers like as much as he can do it. It's not really his game. And I mm-hmm. think that takes him out of the, the face of the franchise thing because like his whole game is just like he gets on base a lot and he sees a shit ton of pitches and he's fun when he does it. But that doesn't really put you in like people love watching you play. Like I don't love watching Juan Soto take walks, but he's better at it than anybody else in the league.
4: Yeah.
0: And what what I was with with Acuna, with those four guys, Vladdy and and Tatis, and Acuna seems the one, right now who's excelling the most mm. on the team that will probably succeed the most out of the four guys in, in that list over the next 10 years. So by the time he gets to the age of Aaron Judge, mm. is he the guy He'll that it was everybody's face that you, you know, is that a face that, you know, because there's three MVPs next to it and three world series potentially. So
3: I think it helps too, that he's an international player where you have the whole world with you, as opposed to like Aaron Judge, the American, who's just, Got the rah, rah America behind him, but you don't really have like the worldwide reach. Whereas Acuna's got like the Latino population plus all the Americans that are watching him plus us up here, obviously. I In just think flash. he's kind of good. Yeah.
1: Okay. Let's, uh, let's wrap up on my topic here. If, uh, anyone has anything else to add about the faces of baseball. Okay. So I'm just going to straight up say that I am delusional when it comes to cheering for my sports teams i love this jays team so much and i have this tendency to always believe i never say die so if there was four games remaining in the season and the jays for four games back i i would still be right there being like they could sweep i still got a shot they could sweep <laughs> so my question for you folks is 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 when do you finally say it's done cuz for me for this 2023 season it's going to take mathematical equation of them officially being out for me to call it a night but curious where uh yeah and Keith's like uh, we can tell since you're also a flames fan so I'm uh, yeah th- it is it's my achilles heels <laughs> i follow teams that lose a lot and then i emotionally let it affect me but uh curious uh where the four of you when do you give up on this season or have you already?
0: I, I I got the lamest answer. I'm completely what you said. I'm mathematically have to be eliminated. I still through, through all the stuff and, and, and flack that I give this team. um, I still see a pitching staff that could win a world series. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So That's get, all you need. You, yeah. You get in there and I still have a feeling that this team could go on a run because there isn't that. Slot where you're like, oh no, here comes our four guy and his ERA's 5'10 on the season, and we're gonna get mashed. It's you're competitive every single game because of that pitching staff. And I will, I can't give up on that because that no. can win you a world series.
3: To your point, the Washington Nationals came in in 2019 and almost lost the wild card game. Like they yeah. shouldn't even have made it through the wild card game. And because they had the staff that they did, they ran through and won the World Series. Because Mm -hmm. they had the Scherzer and... uh, Anibal Sanchez was rolling. Strasburg um, was the best he's ever been. Corbin. uh, Yeah, Corbin was still a pitchable pitcher in the Major Leagues. Like They had it all together, and that's all they needed. Their lineup wasn't that great, but they just had the rotation, and they just walked through the whole thing. Anything can happen, man. As as long as they're not mathematically eliminated, then they still have a shot.
1: Strawn, when does reality hit for you i'm,
2: I'm I, I like to pull up a little i like to I. you know like i i don't trust i i like to pull up a little earlier than no time at all i'm more <laughs> like, there's 10 games left and we're not within two then i'm kind of like all right it's not gonna happen like you're probably yeah. not gonna just a team that hasn't been able to put it together offensively for 151 games Is highly unlikely to (laughs) find the final (laughs) ten. Uh Doesn't mean that I won't like. But it's not impossible. Not impossible, but it's it's so. And then if you're more than two, so I'm like, you know, if we're within two games with ten left, let's go. It's all it's all go. But if you're three, four, five back with ten to play, it's not. It's just not going to happen. Jen.
4: I, honest, I don't sit around doing mental math as to what has to happen in order for them to, to possibly make it into the playoffs. I'll be really honest. Um, I mean, this is a team I really had to switch the way that I viewed my fandom. Um, this team got me through this team, meaning the blue Jays, not the specific team on the field today. This team got me through some really dark times. I'm just going to say that right off the top. Um, I mean, I went to 40 home games in a losing season um <laughs> by myself and sat there uh watching that team. And for the very brief stint that I had media credentials, I had to shut off a lot of that emotion, right? The whole no cheering in the in the in the media room, right? And had to be really had to like pull back and not not tweet as much excitement, especially if I was covering the game that day. Um, and so it, it, it's, it really, really just shifted how I watch my sports teams. Uh, and it's not a lack of emotion. And it's not that I don't want them to win and so on and so forth. I guess I'm just a lot more pragmatic at how I look at it. I, it's really hard for me to explain. So yeah, I, I, and I know that's not really an answer to your question, but... Um... No,
1: it is. It is. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I I wish I was a little more sane about it. Going to chat here, it Scott Carter is like, it's the hope that kills you, Scott. And it is the hope, Scott, uh-huh. that kills me. It's the hope, you know? Anton Dodson says today is when he gave up on the Blue Jays. Even uh, earlier in the chat said he cancelled his Sportsnet now. So he taking action here on this team that'll Uh, get
2: their attention that'll get (laughs)
1: that'll
2: that'll get old man rogers like (laughs) i heard there was a cancellation
4: but i'll just say for myself like you know i don't think they're gonna make it i just based on what i've seen the entire season i don't feel like this team is going to go on some run and just bypass the, you know, one of the teams that are, that's ahead of them, but absolutely they might. And I really hope they do. Yeah. Right. Anything negative that I say or tweet is not what, like, I'm not hoping for their demise. I am not wishing, you know, ill on any of them and hoping they miss the playoffs. Right. I'm just, I became, I I just, I had to tone down the emotion so much that I feel like I'm still stuck in that mode, even though it's been yeah. a while.
1: Well, you know, it's like, it's like uh, our our friend in chat there, Hugh Mungus, who was so upset about us talking about Vladdy. I, honestly, I love Vladdy so much and he did so well in 2021. And I just am like, there's no way this kid peaked at 22 years old And it's just your expectations as, and it doesn't matter whether it's a team or a player. Once your expectations are at a certain level, you can't reel that in, right? right? So like- You want him to be
3: that for the rest of time.
1: Yeah, it either meets expectations
4: or you're disappointed. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't like him so much as a player, maybe you wouldn't care how he performed, right? Like maybe that is why everything is magnified and why the disappointment is maybe more than it even should be.
2: Yeah, because you right? just know that if he was twenty twenty one, Vladdy, this team's in a playoff yeah. spot, and we're laughing and having a good time, and yeah,
1: the best time. Oh my God, would we ever be laughing, eh, Sean? Just
2: We'd be laughing so hysterically.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's wrap it you up. You wouldn't there. have the viewership though. We wouldn't have the viewers. We so wouldn't have had a hundred
4: and some odd people tune in tonight. Exactly. We do
1: really appreciate everyone in the chat. Just a reminder, everyone in the chat, we do have the tickets for baseball town, a live long toss at comedy bar East in Toronto. Uh, at the the top of the comments, there pinned at the top there. We are going to have the one and only Jay Jackson from the Toronto blue Jays bullpen. We are going to have the lovely baseball Jen. We are going to have Julia Cruz of MLB.com, Johnny G of Gate 14, and of course, the one and only Blake Murphy of Sportsnet, Blue Jays Plus. Get your tickets. We're only two weeks away. And when we're doing it live, gang, you won't be able to pipe to up in the chat. But if you're there live, you can heckle us. Just yell things. Away. Exactly. Just yell things. We'll even have a guy in the crowd taking your questions. It's crazy. All right. Thank you very much. We'll uh, do the around the horn here saying goodbye, Joel, my friend, yes. buddy. Yes. Just it's the year of Joel. Can you plug some of the stuff that's going on here? I know that with the writer strike, you're on uh, yeah. on mute, but
0: yeah, my um, uh those I have two really great productions that are completely stalled because of the writers' strike. I brought that up before. But um, that doesn't mean that other productions aren't kind of happening in the industry. And uh, a lot of my pilots have been kind of looked over and grabbed at and, and approached from a non-union standpoint. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it's shut down in one facet, but other facets are kind of opening up and allowing you to see my stuff kind of come to fruition. One being a, a baseball series that I wrote. So I'm, I'm very excited to see that one come to life. Um, I've been able to write a bunch of stuff and see it come to life, but the first time to see something where I it's, you know, your, your passion meets the, your, your work is, is kind of this one. So I'm, I'm really excited to to see it come to life and um, hopefully this strike ends, you know, before Christmas, but we don't know. It's, it's kind of similar to that um, the baseball strike from a few years ago where it it feels like it's just going to linger into the regular season. And uh, and then something drastic will happen. So.
1: Well, we're excited to see it come to life too, Joel. So we'll keep you posted or uh, keep bugging you about uh, keeping us posted on that. Uh, I know before we get to you, Brent, Connor says, get the social media pages <laughs> right this time, Brent. So uh, one half uh, of the flight deck, tell us where we can. One catch third. You there's on. three
3: of us now in fairness. Uh, there's,
1: there's three now. My apologies. Yeah
3: it's all good uh you can catch us at the flight deck underscore on all the social medias uh connor gave me so much shit for getting that wrong or not knowing <laughs> that last time so i had to make sure i knew what i was talking about this time yeah at the flight deck underscore i got it this one it's good and you can find all of my stuff at brant dubs
4: connor did he get it i hope so
1: he did. <laughs> I hope connor, I did. For confirmation here okay and then Truly, just one of the best follows on Twitter. I know we don't call it that anymore, but I call it that. Uh, Jen, where can folks uh, follow you on X?
4: I am at baseball underscore Jen. That's Jen with two N's. I did start a Threads uh, uh, account. I haven't not threaded yet, Um, (laughs) but it is there just in case one day we all wake up and Twitter slash X no longer exists.
1: <laughs> All right. And I know that uh, my good friend, Sean LaComber, the last thing he wants is me plugging anything going on in his life. So I'm going to respect his privacy. I don't care. I uh, don't want
2: you to follow me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you're no, an I'm Edmontonian, not. maybe you get lucky and see him do comedy one day, but uh, <laughs> we'll never let you know where that is <laughs>
2: oh, oh, oh. i don't want you to know in advance hopefully it's just an accident you know
1: <laughs> all right well sean jen joel brent thank you so much for joining us really, really appreciate it everyone in youtube you're the best thank you so much and if you're listening on audio afterwards well the tip of the hat your way too thank you so much take care thanks for listening to the walk off podcast with scott belford and adam mack with a new episode every friday oh!